what's up everybody welcome to game face episode 335 on sifted games at sifted.net i'm shane satterfield your humble host for the next couple hours of intense game discussion and alongside me my two co-hosts matt and luna kyle what's up matt well apparently someone just used the litter box because this judging by the stench oh no <laughs> clean your butt she came and dropped the bomb just to kick off the show mm-hmm. uh She's actually not oh, just barely on camera. I see a tail over here. Come it's here. funny. She'll actually leave. Like last week, she wasn't on camera and she left. It's like she knew that she was like, I'm not getting any camera time here. I'm out. Mm. <laughs> it's hilarious. I uh, hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys have had a good week. I uh, hope you've been playing some great games. I know Matt and I have been. How's your week been, Matt? Um, it's all right. Pretty yeah. quiet. Quiet? Yeah. Well, I was, I, there were some birthdays to deal with. That's about it. Deal with. <laughs> I went to like three birthday things in one day. Oh wow! And uh, like that's insane. A lot of March birthdays. Yeah, February for me for whatever reason. I'm in February, and like yeah, all, like half of my relatives are in February. No, a lot of Februarys and a lot of Junes. Uh, let's roll that back five months. So it's like summertime. Eh, that makes May-ish. sense. <laughs> June is more like spring has sprung. Yeah, well, June is more like uh, <laughs> September October. Yeah bunch of labor day action yeah 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 that that long weekend (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) i hope you guys are doing good uh i think things are going pretty well and it's raining here again and cold here again winter just won't let up here but whatever what else is new at this point i'm sure at this point you guys have seen the reports from all over the place because i've got text messages from people who haven't reached out to me in like years who are like what's going on out there i'm like Mm -hmm. who dis (laughs) new phone exactly who dis new phone it's funny uh, but yeah, it's like national headlines right now. My wife's dad, who lives back in Pennsylvania, he talks about it like every day. Like, what is going on out there? Because it's like 70 degrees there today. Mm-hmm. It's like 50 here or something. It's yeah, bizarre. it's fair. I was watching a stream from Florida and it's like, oh, like, oh my God, it's so hot today. I was like, I, I don't remember what that is. <laughs> Hopefully not too long. We'll get back to normal L.A. weather because we're paying a ton of money to live here. and We're not getting the benefits right now. Uh, It'll let's be a good see. super bloom, though. Yeah. That's true. And now there's like a big blob of like seaweed approaching Florida. Like, oh, yeah, bigger than the country. Weird stuff happening right that's now. That's the way it's like it's a 5,000 mile wide blob of seaweed that's bigger than America. Mm-hmm. And so, Mike, how do you pinpoint that that's approaching Florida? Isn't that just approaching Everything. everyone? Yeah. Like, <laughs> everyone. If it's that big, yeah. it's approaching everybody because it's getting bigger as well. It's hilarious. Uh, let's see, a couple of housekeeping things before we get going on today's show. Um, I'd mentioned last week we're asking que- asking for questions for Ask Shane anything very soon. That is true. Uh, that will be up tomorrow, so make sure you look for that. And please ask questions. Again, you need to pledge at $7 or more per month to ask questions, but then everybody gets to watch the show. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Also, a couple other updates I mentioned earlier um, in the year that we're going to be making some changes to Game Face and some other stuff we're doing. Um, we're finally starting to get that in motion. We've kind of got through the hump and got into 2023. Uh, so we'll be working on some stuff like that. Um, we'll be working on a new open for Game Face in the very near future. Matt, you'll have to be prepared for our shoots for that stuff. Um, we're probably going to reconfigure the set a little bit in here as well um, to make it more palatable for us to do shorts on YouTube and also on TikTok. Although I'm really starting to wonder if TikTok's gonna be around by the time we get ready to do that. Yeah, TikTok may be a a less of a bet. Yeah, it really seems like it may go away in America. Um, Do you think that's founded, Matt? I mean, it's possibly. Yeah. I don't don't know the the inside scoop on that one, but- uh, People will freak out when they take TikTok away. Yeah. (laughs) 
All the other stuff what, that happens, what, people are like, eh, whatever. What Take away Gen- their TikTok. What will Gen Z do? Yeah. It's time to relaunch Vine. Uh, and seriously, why did they get rid of Vine? That seems like the most short-sighted thing ever. Well, Vine's problem was it was actually limited to seven seconds. Right, right. TikTok's brilliance was like, you can make it seven seconds, or you can make it three minutes. Yeah. Who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a quick video thing. It's, and, it's, and it was it's also, suggestion. It's yeah. also the editing tools. and the, I mean, there's, there's this suite of editing tools. I mean, look, there's room if that if the collapse, if TikTok is banned, there's room to move in and created a, a, a look-alike basically Someone get on that right now he may get filthy rich because <laughs> seriously it's like when i remember when instagram launched i was like what's the point of instagram i can post photos on facebook fine just fine but instagram's just photos right it's hilarious it's just like but we're gonna we're gonna tell you that this is just for photos and so now it's worth a five billion dollar it's insane to me well now it it's the same thing no as facebook. Sense. not only that matt I hate Instagram. You can't, like, blow up a photo and leave it blowed up. You have to keep pinched to, like, it's a horrible photo app. And it's become the default. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'll never get it. And then Facebook buys Instagram Mm -hmm. for the redundance. I just, (laughs) what the hell is going on? So anyway, um, we may actually launch shorts and then TikTok goes away, which would suck. The other thing too, Matt. YouTube shorts are more important at this point. You think they are? Absolutely. Because for the long term long term and they drive traffic to the longer form sub content for us it would be more more and more channels that like suddenly blow up blow up your like when they do like ask q a stuff Mm -hmm. the answer is always i did a youtube short and it blew up and all of a sudden people found the channel yeah it's true yeah so that's what we're going to be doing not a thing that happens on tiktok very often yeah yeah it's hard to drive people from tiktok to somewhere else because it's interesting how many people in that situation will also start their story with oh i was doing tiktoks and nothing it wasn't doing anything so i just started putting the same same things I put on TikTok, on Utah, on YouTube, YouTube shorts, and all of a sudden, and, I yeah. get traction. Yeah. Utah Shorts is a very different website. Yeah. So anyway, look for changes coming soon. All this stuff is in the works right now. I'm storyboarding right now, the new show open and things like that, because as somebody pointed out a couple weeks ago, our open has Matt driving somewhere, <laughs> which some people who work from home do actually just go on drive sometimes because yeah. they're like, I just need to get out of here. So. I mean, I do drive places. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just not in a loop to come this. back here to work. No. <laughs> So anyway, all that stuff is in the works. Uh, Some official housekeeping, some stories that aren't big enough for us to place into the show proper. Um, The first one, Matt, reports are coming in once again that a PlayStation 5 Pro is on the way. Do you believe this, Matt? Nope. I don't even know what it would be. Like, just slightly better hardware? I, I don't know what that would be. Like... You're already upping the price outside of America for this thing. What are you going to charge for a pro? The news is coming from Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming, Mm -hmm. and he has been a very reliable leaker in the past. Now, the other thing that Insider Gaming published earlier was... Unless it outright replaces the PS5 in general and becomes the new $550, $500 SKU, but then what's the difference? Well, so they already reported initially that... PlayStation was working on a disc-free version of the PS5, and then from then on out, you'd have to buy an external disc drive if you wanted to have a disc drive for your PlayStation 5. And they are still standing behind that story, by the way. In fact, in this story about the PS5 Pro, they bring that story back up and say, you know what? That discless version of the PlayStation 5 is coming before the end of this year. And they're saying that the PlayStation 5 Pro is coming before the end of 2024, before the end of next year. And I agree with you. What, What is it? Now, they're saying that PlayStation filed a new patent, that Mark Cerny filed a new patent for hardware that makes, and this is the crib noise version, that makes um, ray tracing easier. 
So a lot of people are saying, well, you know, they promised ray tracing with the PlayStation 5. It hasn't been able to really deliver. Maybe this updated PlayStation 5 Pro will actually have. Now, I'll be to be Is fair, that going to make anyone who's disappointed in the ray tracing and the thing they already paid $500 for happy? No. <laughs> like what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Now, to be fair, ray tracing is starting to become more common. Yeah. A lot of games have it now. I noticed that uh, the Resident Evil 4 demo remake yep. demo had ray now tracing. That, now that they fixed it. Right. Yeah. Um, so more games are having it, but still, it's it seems we're two two plus years into the life cycle at this point. Now games are just starting to trickle in with it. The big feature it's supposed to have. So I agree with you, Matt. Like I it, I struggle to see how this story could be true. Mm-hmm. I could see like a uh, like a, a a lower profile like piece of heart, like a slim kind of thing. Yeah, but like. Um, a actual difference in power, I don't, I don't really believe that. I mean, they just got through the component shortage as well. Yeah. Like, they just now really hit their stride with production. Like, on there's the no need for that. Everything runs fine. Like, maybe it doesn't, like, look as great as you thought it was going to be. Also, we haven't even seen what Unreal Engine 5 stuff looks on this thing yeah, yet. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I just... And it's not like there's any kind of slouch happening with stuff like, you know, Horizon or... Or, uh, you know, upcoming Spider-Man. Like, I, I don't, it just doesn't seem necessary. Yep. Like, that, is, that was definitely necessary for, the, for PS4. Like, PS4 was running everything like a slug yep. by that point. And, like, yeah, it was a needed update. And when I, and I became a much more viable, you know, frontline choice for me when I got the Pro. I don't understand why I'd want a PS5 Pro for, I mean, if, unless it was like a $100 add-on to the existing system. If you want me to buy a, you know, a whatever this would be, six hundred, seven hundred dollars system for slightly better ray tracing. Yeah, that's a hard no. sell. Because you got to remember, Pro it's a hard sell to anybody. Four K. It right. went from 1080p to 4K, mm-hmm. and that's a big jump. It made I, a big difference, even though it's checkerboarding. Still, it made a huge difference. So, and I just don't see, like, how do you sell that to a normal person? You don't. You would replace basically if this this happens, they're just going to replace the old model. I don't yeah. think they'll sell the old model anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if they would call it the PS4 or PS5 Pro. I think you just, yeah, you just do a running change, yeah. basically. They're just like, this is the new PS5. like, Or you wouldn't even say anything. Right. You, you just put the components in If you there. know, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me. I'm not saying Tom Henderson is intentionally giving us bad information or no, anything like that. No, but like that. any this information that comes out like unofficially from leaked sources is always going to be a little different than maybe what actually ends up being true. And maybe they are, I'm sure they are talking about that or experimenting with that idea. Yeah. I just don't really think that, I don't know how you bring that to the to market. Yep. I, I, look, I just think maybe he got bad information or old information. It just doesn't make sense to me, but we'll see. Uh, because he says that, again, that discless version of PS5, he says that they'll de- they're going to debut it around E3. Hmm. Here up here in the next couple months. Well, I mean, we saw some stuff about like you know a, a PS5 that has a re- removable disk drive, mm-hmm. and like that you can add. Yeah, I mean that, that hasn't that been has that been rumored or they? That's what talk- he's talking yeah, about. He, he also thing. reported that story as well. So that's not confirmed yet. It hasn't been by Sony, no. Mm-hmm. But he says it's it's going to be debuted at E3 and come out before the end of the year this year. So we'll see. If he hits that, then maybe I give a little more credence to the PS5 Pro, but still not a hundred percent. It just doesn't make sense to me. So no. we'll see. Uh, but that's the rumors uh, making the rounds right now is a PlayStation 5 Pro is on the way. Uh, next up, Matt, something that was surprisingly upsetting to me, and that is that Lance Reddick mm-hmm. has died at the age of 60. Um, people may not remember him for games as much as TV no, he's and He's been film. in a bunch of stuff. He was in Destiny 2. He was in Quantum Break. He's in Horizon. 
Yep. He's in he's Horizon. Sil- he's Silence. Yep. Here's Destiny 2 B-Roll. I'm wondering if, if he'll pop up in this. It's from the campaign. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, Matt, I was really shocked at how much this affected me. Like, it's not like I was a gigantic fan of his or anything like that. But, I don't know. For whatever reason, he always put pl- every role that he played, I liked the person that he played. I have yeah. no idea what he's like in real life. Uh, he's a very nice guy Is in he? real life. And he's a giant, he was a giant dork. Oh, really? Like, he was on X-Play several times and volunteered to play Destiny 2 on our stage. Really? If he wanted. Like, he... He loved games. He he loved being in games because he liked playing games. He was he was uh he just liked doing stuff that he thought was fun and neat. He was a he was a he was a big he was a real guy. He was a real big dork guy. Like he was into the stuff. He was, he was legit. Yeah, he was not he was not just showing up for a job on Destiny. He really enjoyed being that character. Um, and sure enough, in Destiny, after after the announcement of his death, people were, would gather around his character because you know his character hangs out, you know, hanging oh, out right. in the in the hub, yeah, and people were right. all people were all standing around him and like doing like like you know kneeling emotes and stuff. Like it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, he's he's been he's one of those he's one of those those that guys. You know, mm-hmm. you've seen him in a hundred things. The Wire. Don't you, remember you, what his name is. You don't always remember his name, but you, <laughs> every time you see him, you're like, oh, like him. Yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah, it's very very young. And apparently, just natural causes nothing. Like I mean, out he's of in nowhere. great shape too. Yeah, that's the crazy part about it. Very slim. Yeah. Well, it's a that's the Jim Fix uh, situation. The Jim Fix situation. Jim Fix. He was a seventies and eighties. He's a he's a jogging guru, like a fitness guru. But did, you know, as Dennis Leary said, did a jogging book, did a jogging video, dropped out of a massive heart attack when when he was fucking jogging. That's when. <laughs> I mean, if you if there's genetic predisposition in there, you're up against the clock. Yeah. Um, and you don't know what, what his family history was or what was right. going on. Yeah, genetics go into it a lot. Um, but I was surprised at how much this really affected me. Um, just learning about it, I was just like, what? Like, mm. I also feel like he was just hitting his stride in his career. Yeah, he was really starting to get higher and higher profile. Yeah. I felt like he was finally, his career was blossoming into what, you know, he had worked his whole life for. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately life is cruel man it really is like you just you could do everything the right way and one day you die for like some random reason it's really bizarre um but a very talented actor i do appreciate that he kind of cut his teeth a lot working in games mm-hmm. um, destiny destiny 2 quantum break yeah he, he did he liked games yeah he liked so, being, doing them yep so lance reddick and he, he uh, and, and Wesker. He was Wesker. Wait, he was Wesker in the live action thing. Oh, yes. really? Well, apparently, when he first put on his the outfit, he's like, "Oh my god, I'm Blade." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, I get that. Um, so anyway, Lance Reddick, rest in peace. I'm sure a lot of you guys loved him as well. Mm-hmm. Go, see, uh, go see John Wick. Yeah, Big Dave Lazard says that. Don't forget, he's in yeah. John Wick Four, which comes out this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so funny, Matt. I'm seeing um. Lots of marketing stuff for John Wick 4, where they're working with, mm-hmm. like, Burger King and all these blue-chip brands. Yeah. And it's like, have y'all ever watched a John Wick movie? <laughs> like, mm. They're, like, literally the most violent movies on the market. And, and Non-horror movies, absolutely. Yes. I mean, those I don't know. movies I, are I, brutal. I don't know. I, I like the John Wick movies, but I think they're their reputation is a little inflated really yeah they're it feels like they just they're they're always finding some new twisted way to kill someone with a gun but i saw a thing today it was was like it was like 
He's like, you know, the, the way this changed action cinema for the scene oh. changed action cinema forever. And it's like, this, you know, where he's fighting, going the, a little fighting the guys off in his in his apartment in the first one and stuff. I'm like, it's cool. But like, I'm sorry. I've been watching Hong Kong yeah. action movies since the 80s. And like, yep. <laughs> this is really just American cinema catching up it as is. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I love Keanu in those. And every, I do. I love the John Wick movies, by the way. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I don't think I I've won't go seen... see him in the theater though. I'll wait and watch him on my TV. Yeah, I've done. I don't think I saw three yet. I have. I never got around to three. It's good. They're all good. I'm sure they're all, they're all fine. Mm-hmm. They're, but um, no, he, yeah, he's in that, and he's uh, he's the voice of Hellboy in that new Hellboy game coming up. Wow. Um, Hopefully, he got probably, all his lines. Done yeah, it's for all, that it's all rec- They are, they just they announced already. Like yeah, the recording was done, and he will still be Hellboy in that game. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, moving on. Another announcement that, Matt, I think I may have missed this. I don't know how I missed it, but, and maybe other people missed it too because they made a point to announce it this week, is that the first DLC for Horizon Forbidden West is PlayStation 5 only. Yeah. Did you know that? I knew that. Has that been a thing since it was announced? Yeah. I I missed that somehow. I mean, in the sense that I think the end of this trailer literally says PS5. Does it? And no PS4 logo. They weren't very obvious about it i had missed that completely like it blew my mind i can't think of another game matt where you could buy the base game on a platform but then you couldn't buy the dlc for that game on that platform Mm, i mean maybe maybe destiny 2 i don't what about um breath of the wild could you buy we uh wii u dlc for that probably i think so i think so yeah. yeah but i found it weird yeah, this is well, especially it's interesting if you like the recent interviews where they literally say we did things in this that we couldn't do before because we didn't have to worry about the PS4. Yeah, they don't have to worry about optimizing for PlayStation 4 anymore. I mean, if you need any more proof that developing for both platforms is holding back the overall product, this is your proof. Gorilla says it in multiple mm-hmm. interviews that having to make this game for PS4 kept the game from looking and playing as well as it could have on PS5. So. Um, yeah, although it sounds like it's more that like they had to limit the flying stuff mm-hmm. and where you can see lots of geometry. Yeah, the flying yeah. stuff and like just the scale. I mean, I think even that giant thing crashing through the Hollywood, you just had to limit the kind of scale of what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Forbidden West lacked scale. No, but if you want to, if you want to sell DLC and kind of up the game to like the thing that like you know, if you're going to play Forbidden West and be like, well, what would you like? bigger and better and i think most people would say more flying because you get the flying so late in the game yeah like literally like yeah. not even like not even the last act like the last part of the last act yeah, you like, get they, the fly. Yeah, like they want you to like you know people would want more flying more stuff that takes into account having the full ability spread and stuff that you know i mean Fr- frozen wilds did the same thing it's like um you know frozen wilds is like okay we hope you've played most of the game because we're about to throw you're gonna have to know learn you have to use everything you've learned to survive this thing yeah frozen wilds was a lot harder than the rest of i'm guessing this will be the same way i would think so that seems to be gorilla's mo Mm -hmm. so um kevin roffer brings up a good point um that's this is also happening with cyberpunk Cyberpunk 2077 yeah um the dlc for that you also will only be able to play on playstation 5 and xbox series x and honestly for pretty much the same reasons according to cd project red mm-hmm. like, oh yeah and the final fantasy technically the intergrade thing was next gen only wasn't it mm. the, so there was a there was a dlc that the dlc was exclusive for the to PS5. final fantasy 7 remake the yeah. intergrade yeah there's dlc that was only on ps5 was that because they couldn't get it to run on PS4 or because they wanted to push people to PS5? Um, I mean, I don't think the original game even 
really couldn't run on a PS3 yeah. for the for in terms of you know geometry and structure and, yeah. and tech beyond the visuals. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I do know that they did not put that DLC on PS5. I would lean towards it was more about. And Mr. Starwalker mentions that too. Okay, there. good calling that out. The Yuffie DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, I think that was a marketing ploy to push people to PS5 instead of like a technical issue like the mm-hmm. other two games that we've talked about. I mean, about. I don't know. I haven't played the UFI DLC, but maybe there's maybe there's less uh, shimmying in that. Yep. Uh, so anyway, just something to keep in mind. If you played Forbidden West on your PlayStation 4 or your PS4 Pro, you're not going to be able to play the DLC. Um, next up, so we've been talking about PlayStation VR 2. You, skipped, talk about you did it. skip one. Oh, I did? Mm-hmm. You skipped uh, 007. Oh, I did. Oh, so I did. Um, so in case you guys aren't aware, there is a new James Bond game in development at IO Interactive, which is a studio behind the Hitman franchise. And it was announced two years ago, two plus years ago. Something like that. And yeah. we haven't really seen hide nor hair of the game yet. And so luckily Eurogamer got a chance to talk to IO Interactive and just on a whim, they brought up the, the new 007 game, didn't not thinking that IO would say anything about it. And then, as it turns out, IO was like, you know what, we can say a couple things about that right now. So great job by Eurogamer's editor. That's why you ask the questions, even if you don't think you're gonna get an answer. Um, and basically what they said, Matt, is that this game is going to be a reboot, a gaming mm-hmm. reboot for the franchise with a brand new James Bond that's never appeared in any movie, they said that they are creating the character so that the character will work well in video games in perpetuity. So it appears that they are saying, we're going to create one James Bond for games, and then MGM is going to do whatever they're going to do with the movie, and we're just going to ignore it, basically. How do you feel about that? Do you think that hurts the the IP, the no, gaming IP at all? I think it's probably better. Yeah? Like, don't be beholden to the bad decisions of... All these and having to deal with Daniel Craig's license or whoever gets the role next and like, like yeah like it, part of, I mean licensing holds these games up constantly so having to being able to free yourself from the likeness rights and just make a game once you've got the Bond license is going to help a lot hmm. I mean then you only really have to worry about the Bond license and the move and the music yeah they said they've been working closely with there's a although if they make him look like he does in the in the, in the books. Um, He's going to look an awful lot like Timothy Dalton. Because hmm. Dalton is probably the closest to the book description of James Bond. They've been working closely with Eon Productions, which is like the company that basically holds the James Bond Bible. They're the ones mm-hmm. who decide what becomes canon, what doesn't become mm-hmm. canon. And Anything? Eon stands for? I don't know. Everything or nothing. Oh, really? Yeah, which Clever. is why that game is named that. Clever. Um, it may be hard to believe, but it's been more than a decade since we got the last James Bond video game, mm-hmm. which was 007 Legends, which was abysmal. So that was, license... was that, that was the one with like it was like a mishmash of different stuff, like yep. driving and shooting, yep. and the, yeah, yeah, it was really bad. Um, and so it's been a while since we've had a good James Bond game. It looks like this game, though, from IO Interactive, is still years and years away. Yeah, I think there's a way. At least, I I do think they're missing a trick on the. Uh, on the uh, the the most I mean it's it's outside of the licenses usual brand, but I think you could make it work. I think they need to do a Lego James Bond game. Hard to believe they haven't done that already. Yeah, seriously, they have the license. There there are James Bond Aston Martin Lego sets, so they they the the pathway is there. 
Interesting. And I know they're not like kids' movies, and like the yeah. Lego games try to be more kid. But like you can, you could do that. That's one you of the few IP left. They're PG thirteen movies. The Marvel movies are PG thirteen. They made yeah. Marvel games. I mean, that's a little more obvious compared. But hey, the Suicide Squad was R. They're in. Right. They're in that DC villains game. I mean, I would also um, argue that there are enough adults that would buy yeah. a Lego James if Bond you, game to make it you, worth your while. Each you know each set of levels is a different Bond movie. You can go through all the different Bonds. You can go through all the different, and you have all the music. I mean, the music is what makes the yeah. Lego games work half the time. Like, it's the only thing left. Yeah. You've done Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, all the big, like, you know, Batman, you know, the, the Danny Elfman music really made the, the original Lego Batman work. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best Lego moments is taking off for the first time as Superman and Lego Batman 2 and the and the, the Christopher Reeve Superman theme starts up, the John yeah. Williams theme. Like, I think the music would really make the the James Bond thing. You have vehicles, you have supervillains, you have, I mean, it all, yeah. it's all there. Yeah. But it looks like we have a, wi- a ways to go. We're going to have to wait for a while, at least a couple years. They're really in pre-production right now. They're trying to figure out the plot and how that's going to be structured throughout the game. And again, they're working with the team who works on all the James Bond IP to make sure that they get everything nailed down. So, um... If, if there's a developer that I would feel confident putting James Bond in the hands of, it's IO Interactive. They have been making espionage spy games for mm-hmm. decades now. So if anyone can do it, I trust them. Although the, the track record for for Bond games since GoldenEye 007 has not been good. That's just the truth. Um, next. So we've been talking about PlayStation VR 2 a lot here on Game Face because it just came out. We did two episodes in a row where Matt gave his impressions, I gave mine. We're going to talk about a PlayStation VR 2 game today on the show. Um, but one thing we, we have been talking about consistently is how can you get PlayStation VR 2 to work for PC? And both Matt and I felt that if they were able to do that, that that might open up a new market. It might increase the odds at least a little bit of PlayStation VR 2 being a success ultimately. And we thought months or years from now that might happen. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt... Things are happening a lot more quickly. In fact, already people have PlayStation VR 2 working as in cinema mode on PC, meaning you can put it on and you can use it to view your PC screen. And it, it does track your your motion. So as you move your head, it changes the orientation of the screen inside the headset. So that's step one. Now, obviously, the big step that everyone's waiting for is when can I play games on my PC using PlayStation VR 2. And Matt, that appears to be a ways away. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for it to work, PlayStation VR 2 needs to be plugged into a virtual link USB-C port on a PC. Most PCs do not have that port. So that's the first step, is that everybody needs this port and nobody has the port. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. Um, there are adapters that you can buy for it. Those cost $350 right now. So if you do the math and you're like, okay, 550 plus tax for a PlayStation VR 2, that's $600, and then 350 You're getting it around $1,100 to get PlayStation VR 2 mm. to work on your PC. At that point, you might as well just buy, buy a, an actual PC a headset. Valve or Index or something. Yeah. yeah. Although, if you already have one, maybe. Yeah. I mean, but, at least this way you can play PC and PlayStation 5. Yeah. I mean, it, but look, they may find a way to work around that eventually. It is impressive that already they've kind of figured out a way to at least make the cinema mode work. So... Mm. It's already way ahead of schedule compared to PlayStation VR 1. So I would argue that it's possible within a year's time that this thing could be working pretty well on PC. But we'll see. It's good to see that they've already kind of got it at least headed in the right direction. And there's people out there working really hard on it right now. Um, When do you anticipate that they'll finally have that issue cracked? Years. Years? Oh, you think it'll be years? Yeah. So you think my estimate of a year is ridiculous then? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be much, much longer than <laughs> as that. As far as getting rid of that adapter that they need. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll never get rid of that adapter, I don't think. Yeah. Like so you it, have to have it for it to interface. You're basically going to have to wait for that adapter to drop in price and to make sure that it's all compatible and that it'll work with various things. Like, yeah, there's a, there's that's a full time job for a pretty big team. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and obviously crowdsourcing that from from the fan community can get things done. But like, it's going to be a long time. Yeah. Uh, Do not buy a PlayStation VR 2 hoping to use it on PC for games anytime soon. Oh, I would definitely say that. Dude, don't don't buy PlayStation VR 2 with the idea of playing it on PC ever. No. Like, wait until it happens and then maybe think about buying it. Don't do it anticipating that it might happen because, to Matt's point, you're probably right. You're probably always going to need that adapter Mm -hmm. just to make it communicate. Unless you happen to have... You know, a motherboard or something that has that. I mean, I don't even know if mine does, and mine's pretty Most high don't. end. Yeah, yep. Um, Seems like something you would very specifically have to select for. Yep, for sure. Uh, next, Nintendo Switch Online, which is pretty cheap if you just want it to play games online. Mm-hmm. But if you want to dive into Nintendo's backwards compatible catalog on Switch, you also need to chuck up a couple extra bucks to get some games to play. And couple. Yeah, Yeah, it basically doubles the price of Nintendo Switch Online. Um, And so people, fairly, are keeping an eye on Nintendo as it releases new games for the service to see if it's worthwhile. My guess would be the vast majority of people are paying that lower price. Yeah. I can't imagine that many people want to double their their cost just to play in 64 games. Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, I, I do pay the extra amount, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like I rarely have ever used that. Yeah, feature. I I do not, and I mean you're talking you're talking to someone who has subscribed to Swotor since the beginning, <laughs> and I don't remember the last time I played Swotor. Yeah. but I just do it to support them. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Nintendo announced this week some new games coming to Nintendo Switch Online, and again, there's reason for people to pay attention. Um, lineup not so good, Matt, and I'm really starting to wonder at this point if. And Pactor talks all the time about how Nintendo has this gigantic catalog, and if it just put everything on mobile and they charge people $5 a month, they'd be making billions and billions of dollars a year. Mobile? Yeah. No. No, he he believes that. How am I going to control an NES game on mobile and not be fucking furious inside of two minutes? You'd be surprised, Matt. A lot of people don't have problems playing games on mobile. Yeah, but a game that was was designed to be played with a controller 40 years ago, that ain't going to (laughs) translate properly. I promise you. Well, beyond the hardware issue, I'm more concerned. Is there enough games that people care about? Because if this is what we're getting... For Nintendo Switch Online at this point, like I almost feel like the law of diminishing returns is starting to take effect here. So they announced Exevious, which I'll be honest with you, is one of my favorite like shooters of all time. I can't tell you how much money I spent mm-hmm. on Exevious in the arcade back in the day. Way too much. Uh, so Exevious for the NES, and all these games are already live now. Exevious for the NES, Side Pocket for the SNES, and then Game Boy games... Kirby's Dreamland 2 and Burger Time Deluxe. Mm, finally. Matt, why am I wrong here? What? That they're already experiencing the law of diminishing returns like with the I games? mean, you're you're wrong in the sense that there's tons and tons and tons of stuff worthwhile. They're just not doing it. Why would they focus on these games? I mean, some of it is licensing, I'm sure, but some of it's just like I don't like why I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Either. Who wants side pocket that much? I know. When, like, I don't get it. All this, like, why aren't you fucking strong arming 
uh, square to let you put the square stuff on. Like, everybody wants Chrono Trigger and mm-hmm. and all. The, I mean, I know Square knows that they can sell those separately for whatever, but like, you know, either make it a definitive collection of this of a, of a system or don't. Yeah. Like stop. You know, even now it's like. I mean, look, man, that was the heyday of, man, I was, a, I was in high school. I was like, you know, the 16-bit era was my time. I was in middle school and high school through that. And half the things on that Nintendo Switch Online thing, I don't know what those games are. I've never heard of them. I know. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, there's a bunch of, like, staples. There's, you know, they got Zelda and Mario and, you know, there's, there's a lot. Of, there's kind of the, the, the baseline. But, like, in terms of, like, like where's, you know, I actually don't even remember if Actraiser's on there. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. Um, yeah. It's just it's just crazy. Like, there's there's nothing on there that tells you like, you know, it, unlike like say the the like the Genesis Mini collections, those two Genesis Mini consoles, you put those two together and you got a pretty solid foundation of why the Genesis was an awesome console. Yeah. You put uh, and I think even the Super Nintendo Mini does a pretty good job, but and a better job than the Nintendo Switch Online collection does. Swan Senpai says you guys talk about Mario and Kirby in my house. It was side pocket and Flimbo. Look, I can understand, okay, maybe back in the day you played the crap out of Side Pocket because at the time it was, mm-hmm. like, the best pool game on the market. Why would you ever play it now? Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because there's, be- there's better. Now it's the worst pool game on the market. Right, there's better pool games to play. Any, you can get one for free that's better than that. Like, I hear you, what you're saying. Back when you were a kid, it was, like, one of the ten games. Me too. There were bad games or mediocre games that I played when I was mm-hmm. a kid because they were the only games I had. That's the game that my uncle bought me for Christmas and because he had no clue or whatever. Like, we all have done that. But to say that somebody is going to subscribe to a service now because of a 2D top-down pool game, it's that's absurd. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. So I don't know what Nintendo's doing. With- I mean, I would play, argue I'd play Mario and Kirby because a lot of the older Mario and Kirby games are better than the modern ones. Yeah. You know, 2D. I mean, as- there is nostalgia there, but I would argue that they've never topped Mario World Yeah. 2D-wise. I think that's part of the... yeah. For sure, I think that's part of the issue with sort of retro and indie games. Yeah, is that like they kind of figured that stuff out a long time ago already. Mm-hmm. But and it depends. Like I me, mean, I think you know there is no other Zelda game that replaces Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. But like a sports game, like Side Pocket or anything Madden ever did. You know that like yes, you're gonna get a hit in nostalgia if you play Madden '93 again. But how long are you going to play Madden 93? Well, you're going to you scroll know? through the teams. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, look at that. Oh, look, there's Brett Favre. You're going to play like two quarters. There's Dante Culpepper. And you're going to yeah. play a quarter with each one of them, mm. and you're going to throw it away. <laughs> yeah, it's... So anyway, does Data East even exist anymore? I don't know. I don't think it does. I'm sure somebody owns the rights Someone to it Someone has the IP, obviously, yeah, so Nintendo know. can license it. But yeah, I don't even know if it exists anymore. But I mean, it's just Nintendo doing the bare minimum they can do to, to call something a service and... Mm-hmm. So they can Who get cares? that extra twenty five bucks. Pretty much. I mean, they're not getting it out of me. I got to Yeah. If you I'm sorry. I, yet, it, I, we are not recommending to spend the extra twenty five no. bucks. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Not only. I mean, honestly, I know the store is closing or whatever, or has closed or whatever. I forget when that's happening. Uh, the Wii U Virtual Console is a way better selection. Mm-hmm. And so did the Wii. And you own the games, yeah. and you can continue to play them, and you don't have to pay a subscription for them. Um, and but. on top of that, like. It's so it's so easy else, to emulate these things, yeah. and have them run better than they do on even any on these. Of these systems. Yeah. It's just it's pointless. Yeah, it's it's a. I mean, the only reason to throw that subscription is to you know be able to play Mario Kart online or whatever yeah. whatever. You and you can just get that, that for the twenty five bucks a year. So yeah. that's what we recommend. Uh, next up, 
System Shock remake, we just talked about it here on Game Face because it was a part of the big Steam, what, what was it called? Something Fest. It was the Demo Fest. Or yeah, first, was, first, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, they put out a bunch of demos and that was one of them. Matt played it, I played it. Game was looking pretty good. Now mm-hmm. it's been delayed again until May for PC. And then the console versions are kind of put on like a hiatus right now. They don't know when those versions are coming out. It's a little bizarre. This game has just been... It's just... It's they can't road. finish it. It really has just been excruciating trying to get this game out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I played in the demo, it's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what has taken so long, though, at the same time. like, it's just I mean, really it's an bizarre. old game. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, it's probably a small team. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the good news is I don't care. <laughs> like yeah. this can get here yeah. whenever it gets here and it's not going to affect me at all it would have been nice if it came out this month because <laughs> it would have helped us with game face mm. <laughs> but unfortunately that's i don't have the case. time to play this thing again this month you, not well you may be surprised <laughs> we start getting into some of these months later on where there's no games that something well, like I, have, System Shock. I, I have other things to do than play <laughs> video games as well so as uh, opposed to playing a remake of a 25 year old immersive sim that isn't even as good as its own sequel yeah that's true which they probably should have remade anyway yep so anyway if you're waiting on the system shock remake it's not coming out until may now hopefully they do not delay it again i feel like i'm gonna have other things to do in may i hope so Although looking begins down, with a like, Z and rhymes with an Elda. Yeah, and that may take all. And month. Then we're gonna jump into Diablo. <laughs> it may take all month actually. And then we're gonna. Uh, yeah. That's a bad time to release that game, but yeah. they, they, I'm sure they have they no choice. Have choice. Yep. And then the final little piece of housekeeping is that right now GDC is going on the Game Developers Conference. Used to go to it every year. I have not been to it now in a really long time. Um, in the last couple of years, the attendance has been basically zero because of COVID. This year, attendance doubled from last year. So mm-hmm. it, it appears that it's basically back to the way it was before. Um, one thing to keep in mind, if you're looking for news to come out of GDC, it usually doesn't. It really mm-hmm. is what it says it is. It's a game developers conference where people, young developers go and try to find jobs, they go to network. Um, developers workshop with each other, talk about tricks of the trade, things that they've learned working on hardware. There's seminars where they talk about game development. It's not typically something where news is broken. And in it's fact, not very press oriented. It's, it's not. It's, it's, you're literally talking about tools and mm-hmm. techniques. Yep. You can learn a whole hell of a lot about Unreal Engine at GDC, mm-hmm. but not a lot about the next games that are coming out built on Unreal Engine. Um, so don't expect a lot of news coming out from that. Um, it is good to see stuff like GDC coming back, though, and getting back to running full bore. Obviously, a good sign for E3, which also is coming back this year for the first time since... Oh, uh, there's no good signs for E3. <laughs> you're right. At this point, there really aren't. Um, let's, not, let's not sully GDC by lumping yeah. it in with E3. I, I mean, GDC is proving that the industry is willing to recongregate in large oh, halls sure. again. Um, and that's a big step. So They did a little bit at DICE, too, and everybody got COVID again. Everybody so. got COVID. Yeah. yeah. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, after Dice, like my Facebook feed was for three days was full of people mm-hmm. saying they got COVID at Dice. Those people came back from packs with it too. Yeah, well, I mean it's just kind of if you're gonna go to a convention. Yeah, that's you're, what you're rolling. You're, you're rolling, rolling the dice. dice. Yeah, yep. Just like flying in a plane right now. Because a lot of those people are filthy. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, but anyway, GDC is happening. Uh, good to see the industry kind of getting back into the swing of things. And that's it for our housekeeping. Housekeeping for today. Let's mm-hmm. head into our chat and see what you guys are up to. Uh, let me scroll up here so I can thank anybody who subscribed. Ooh, it just took off. He subscribed with Twitch Prime. Slagathor, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, people asking for a PS5 Slim. You kind of intimated that. 
you kind of said like I would expect maybe a slim or mm-hmm. a smaller version of PlayStation Five, but not necessarily something more powerful. Um, Swan Senpai says, "How big will the Pro be? PC big? I mean, let's be honest. The PlayStation Five is already kind of PC big. Hmm. Like, it's big, all on its own already. So, yeah, I mean, it's already kind of there. But yeah, you're probably right. If they make it more powerful, one, it will probably be bigger. Or maybe they can slim down some of those components mm-hmm. right now, or that they've been building a certain way, and they could actually get it into the existing form factor, but still be yeah. more powerful." One more little little news thing that apparently just broke is that Netflix is doing a Gears of War live action show. Oh, shocker! <laughs> Everybody wants to get in on it now, man. Yeah, all after of a sudden, the last like, oh, of us. No, no, no. Guess what? <laughs> I, I saw this deranged TikTok where some woman was like, was like, I'm a giant book nerd or whatever, and on and all the game. I just saw the watch The Last of Us, and it turned out that all you game people have been gatekeeping the best stories in modern media from us. And I'm like, okay, first off, no one was trying to stop you from playing video games. Also, the best stories in modern media? No. Wow. No. <laughs> you need to get out now, more. <laughs> don't judge all video games by The Last of Us, yeah, okay? Please, yeah. It's a little different yeah. from what you're going to find in, say, everything. Every other thing, yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. What in the hell? Yep, it's pretty crazy. Um, David5807, thank you for Twitch Prime. 37 months, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Mr. Starwalker, I don't think I'll buy a PS5 Pro. Don't see the need for it. Maybe 8K. Who needs to play games in 8K? Who has an 8K Nobody. TV? Nobody. You don't have 8K eyes. <laughs> There's no reason to have 8K. You need 8K for a billboard in Times Square. You don't need it in your living room. Yep. AJ the Legend Watson asked a good question. Which version of PS5 has sold better, the disk drive or without the disk drive? I don't know. The disk drive, drive has sold more from what has I it? saw. Yeah. I haven't seen that, like actually. Substantially, two-thirds to one-third. Two-thirds to one-third. Last I saw, maybe that's changed since it became more plentiful. Yeah. But, yeah, the disk drive version sells better. Okay. Disk drive version sells out first, too, I've noticed. Wow. Uh, Sleeping Turtle 3, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. A million miles away, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, another question from Andy T. Monahan. Um, they just raised the price everywhere else. Would it stay the same? So asking about the price for a PS5 mm-hmm. Pro. That's what I said. I said, well, what's that going to cost? 600 yeah. 700 Probably. Yeah, I mean, answer or your question. Be the yeah, same. they would raise the price. I mean, the PS4 Pro was more expensive than the PS4 when it came yeah. out. It cost more. Of course, the PS4 had dropped in price by then. But Yeah. Um, El Guapo3385, adding PS5 Pro to the hardware lineup that includes VR2 is asking a lot of consumers. It is. Yeah, I mean, just asking... Someone to buy a PS5 and PlayStation VR 2 is asking a lot from consumers on its own. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. Fringe was an awesome show, which also has Anna Torv. Matt mentioned that last week. Oh. I hope you guys watched um, Spoiled for The Last of Us, by the way. We published that after a couple days after the show last week. I thought it came out great. Um, I was really happy with uh, how that show came out, Matt. Um, we'll probably put that up on YouTube here in the next uh, couple days so people there can check it out. Um, anything else you guys are talking about in here? There's a lot of talking about about the actor that passed away. Um, I think that might be it. Gohan Rage, thank you for subscribing for 50 months. That is awesome, dude. Thank you so much. I hope you're doing good. Uh, and I think that might be it. Uh, Vincent says a $20 tier includes NES, SNES, and Game Boy, so pretty much everyone gets them. Oh, okay, he's right. It's the N64 and Sega Dreamcast, or Sega Genesis. Dreamcast. The Sega Genesis that you pay the extra money mm-hmm. for. Which is also weird. <laughs> it's so weird how they're doing it. 
Um, Billy Bo Bag in 64, the Nintendo Legacy services continue to be incredibly insulting. It, really, the problem is, is they keep making us rebuy this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a huge virtual console library on the Wii that's dead there. Mm-hmm. Some Look, some of the stuff I got free from Nintendo, some of the stuff I paid for, and now it's dead. It's gone. Like, I'll never be able to play it again. I'm not going to keep my Wii around to go play that old virtual console. Nobody's going to do that. Well, I got, I got good news for you regarding your PC. What? It can do that, too. Yeah, I know. You're right. <laughs> yep, you're right. Uh, okay, so it looks like we got through the early chat there. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I understand why Nintendo launched the service, obviously, because everyone's making money off of that stuff. But on, I feel like Nintendo should have kept online play free and then charge the 20 or 25 bucks for the other stuff. Yeah, well, then the it on- makes more sense. The online play is what they needed to charge from because it costs more for infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the virtual console stuff is just sort of an incentive yeah. to make it feel like less of a dumb thing. Yeah. Because, like, just, look, I, I can count on one hand how many times I've played an online thing on the Wii. On the Wii? Yeah. If you don't play, or not on the Wii, on the Switch, um, if, you, if you don't play Smash Brothers or Mario Kart, you're not playing much. What are you doing? Splatoon. Online. Yeah, Splatoon. Yeah. But I don't use any of those, so yeah. the, the only reason I'd really be subscribed is to get the Super Nintendo, Nintendo and Nintendo stuff. I guess Game Boy. I don't care about Game Boy, original Game Boy stuff beyond the, like a couple, like couple, three titles. I mean, as little as I play Game online, Boy Advance would honestly be the, the bigger draw for me in terms of the up, upsell subscription. But again, I, I have agree. all of those actually in my closet with Game Boy Advances if I want to play those. Yeah, and they still work. Yeah. And all I got those would be Castlevania, and they just came out with a collection of those. So you know those Castlevania games are not going to be on that. So yeah. like, like, it's all too disparate. You know? yep. As little as I play games online on my Switch, now obviously a lot of people play Fortnite and other stuff mm-hmm. on that I don't. But as little as I play online on my Switch, like even the 25 bucks a year is more than I should be paying. Yeah, one of the weird things about like the Wii Virtual Console and Wii U Virtual Console was that they were actually kind of in the perfect time before everybody started kind of cashing in on their back catalogs like you know the castle the castlevania games are all on mm-hmm. the virtual console yeah. because konami wasn't putting out castlevania collections then yeah like it was easier to do that than you know you could just never once all publishers are trying to repackage stuff yeah. and, i didn't like, even realize when until i loaded up the wii u for the first time in like four years the other day that like Oh yeah, I have Metroid Trilogy, Prime Trilogy on this thing. Yeah, like I could just play that whenever uh-huh. I want, and it's just like you don't think about that. Yeah, it's I uh, packed away my old consoles. They're in a closet mm-hmm. with stuff piled on top of it. Like they're not easy for me to access and just pull them out and play them. Yeah. Like, well, luckily I have the second room with the TV, the old yeah. TV. <laughs> you don't have a problem with it. So you don't my jam stuff in your closets like I do. Yeah, I mean I do have stuff jammed in that closet, <laughs> but it, it's mostly the Toys to Life garbage that I don't know what to yeah. do. With. Yeah, so like if anybody, I have a lot of that too. Anybody need some Disney Infinity? <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> You'd like to play the Lego universe? What was that? Lego universe? Yeah. I have all of that. I have every single set of that. <laughs> That's too bad. Ridiculous. Some of that was fun. <laughs> that was good. But it's just like, it. there's no good way to store that. Yeah. Nope. All my guitars, all that crap. I gave and all the Skylanders. It, closet, it makes it hard to like stack anything else because yeah. they're awkward and heavy. I gave and... all the Skylanders stuff to my, my sister to give my nephew. So mm-hmm. that's, that's her problem now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, that's it. I think it's time. Very gooser. I have a whole bin of Amiibos. I have a yeah. bin of Amiibos. I have a lot of Amiibos. <laughs> also, like, I, I started getting, like, you know, the cards 
the, the, you know, like on Amazon, you can buy like these like you know RF cards that like basically yeah. the amiibos where they just have pictures. And I have a, a little. It's, they come with the little wallets. It's like it's a little adorable. So I have one that's like all the Zelda ones, and I have one that's all the Metroid ones. Mm-hmm. And I found one that was it was all the Fire Emblem ones, and it was right around when Fire Emblem uh, Engage came out. And I'm like, oh, that'd be good. So I don't have to have all the Fire Emblem characters sitting around on my coffee table every time I want to scan an amiibo. Yeah. And I or, so I ordered it, and it showed up. And all the other ones are like, you know, cards, you know, they're like credit card size or whatever. These are like the size of a fingernail. They're they're like basically the size of a Switch game card. But they have all the full art of a full-size card on. So like you, I'm like, "Who are you? Is that Marth? I don't know." It's like it's You're gonna like take a picture with your cell phone and then blow it up. Yeah, it's like it's I like the, all the time now. It's like I got the card set for like like ants. Yeah. And, but I mean, they work. They're like yeah. tiny little RF things. But yeah. like, I just thought that was funny. It's like they figured out. It's like, oh, they don't need to be this big. Nope. I can just send you a tiny little box full of these things. Well, it's like, like going to restaurants here now. Like they don't have menus anymore. They yeah, just have the little the code that you scan and you look at the menu on your phone. So I had, that happened over the weekend. We were at a film festival and they're like, they're like, oh, just you, give, you scan the QR code to get the menu. Is that okay? And I'm like. If it's not okay, what happens? Yeah. Do you, are you hiding paper menus in the back, or is it just like what? Do you act out the menu? I feel like we have to be okay Pantomime. with it, right? Like, do you order for me? Like, what are the options here? I'm now I'm curious. If I'm not okay with a QR code, you better be okay with a QR code in 2023, or you're in trouble. Uh, okay, I think we're ready to get on with the show proper. We're going to kick things off today, but before we do, we have a word from our sponsor. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com. That's creamls.com. Matt and I love Cream LS. LS Cream, both of us love it. So head to creamls.com, get your own bottle. Again, Lestevin. He might be in chat today. I don't know if he is. He usually is. Um, he looks like a G in that ad, by the way. Yep. <laughs> it's like, I'll buy liquor from that guy. Well lit. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, so anyway, support your fellow gamers. For, support your fellow sifters. He's He is among us, and he owns that company. So support him however you can. Go to creamls.com. There's a store locator there. There's a history of the liquor. We shared a little bit of that in the ad. Uh, but to learn more, go to creamls.com. And with that... It's time to kick off Game Face proper. I saw someone was like, wait a minute, they're just now kicking off the show. <laughs> I don't know if maybe they don't watch um, God of Gamblers 33. Maybe you don't watch the show a lot live, but we have like the big section at the beginning where we just talk about the smaller stories. And then when I say we're kicking off the show proper, that means that we're, start, we're transitioning into the topics where we have a lot more to discuss. And in this episode, the first big topic of the show is Diablo 4. Matt and I were both fortunate enough to get in on the early access beta. They called it an open beta, which is a complete misnomer. The open beta is this week. Well, they also called this one open beta both weekends for whatever dumb reason. They called it early access on all my stuff. Really? Yeah. 
I thought it said open beta. Like if you downloaded it when you went to download it from mm, I, I got a lot of ads for the open beta on the what was the twenty seventh or whatever. Yeah. But you know this one I only saw early access. Maybe it said open beta on the actual title screen, but it, all my emails definitely said early access. Okay, um, this well, is, you got this if you pre-ordered. pre-ordered. Yeah. yeah, you could play it if this week, this past weekend, if you pre-ordered. Or if you're a part of the press, they sent me a code to check it out. Both Matt and I played it. Matt, I know everybody you... talked about the queue. I never waited more than a minute so, to get on. So there, I did have problems at first. Maybe I jumped in before you did. So when, Probably. I didn't get to it until Saturday. Sunday. Yeah, by then they had fixed them. So I started playing on Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which day it was. And it, was, it wasn't terrible. Like the first time I booted, I tried to load in. I had to wait for nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And the next time it was seven, and the next time it was five, and then by the time I started playing on Saturday and Sunday, it was like no wait. So I still don't understand, Matt, how they launch this stuff and it just completely craps the bed. Like their stress testing just must suck. I mean, I think this is the stress testing. That's I mean, what, no, that's you can replicate like. Sure, but this is also the point of a beta. Sure. I mean, but it still shocks me that like. A lot of times, these companies, when they launch this stuff, like, the network is a disaster at first. I mean, they fixed it in a day. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, like a day and a half. They had like, it back up. Like, they, you got to see what it looks like. I mean, you, you can test mass test as much as you want. It's not going to be the same as getting literally hundreds of thousands of people to do it all at the same time. So yep. but that one is thing part I will of say, the purpose of, you know, yeah. part of the purpose of this was to do that. Yeah, to network stress it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, a lot of you maybe spend a lot of time on social media, on Twitter or whatever, and you hear people complaining a lot because that's pretty much the only thing people do on social media. So you may have like seen this horrible narrative around the game late last week. It's trash. It doesn't run. It, like they literally fixed it in like 48 hours. Less, actually. More like 36 hours, I would argue. Um, so they fixed it real quick, and the game is not a disaster. In fact, Matt and I both played it for a really, really long time because they let you play it for a really long time. I couldn't believe it. It just kept going and going. And I was like, damn, man, when are they going to cut me off? It was the whole first zone. Yeah. And it, is, it turns out that you get ultimately to a final boss. And then that boss is the end, where, as far as the content is concerned. Now, you could go back out into the open world because that is the biggest change for Diablo 4 is that the game is set in an open world. Now, that is technically true, mm-hmm. but I would say that I'd... I don't know. I, maybe it's because I had just played Diablo Immortal, but it didn't strike me as like, wow, I'm playing Diablo in an open world now. It still felt like Diablo to me. I mean, in terms of gameplay, yeah, but like it's it'll be different, I think, once you get out into the other zones that have, you know, the, the, the Forsaken, was it Forgotten Peaks, the Forgotten Crag? I don't Something remember. Something like that. It is, it's intended to be you know, very familiar in terms of Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, the other zone, and again, these zones are gigantic. Like Gig- They are bi- really big. Like yeah. the, How many mean, zones are in the final game? There's five. And so we got to um, experience one. Yeah. And I probably played 15 hours, yeah. I'm guessing, something like that. And the zones are like, they're like four or five times bigger than the zones in the other games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a huge game. There's a lot going on. This opening cinematic, by the way, amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Blizzard, and Blizzard does incredible CG cinematics. This is great. Like the and I've chopped this down drastically. You're not getting everything. You're not getting the whole story here. But this cinematic that opens the game to set the story of it is amazing. Um, and I know a lot of you are like, yeah, well, hell yeah, it's Blizzard. Well, Blizzard hasn't lost its touch. Like this cinematic mm-hmm. is really good. Like I was like, I want to keep watching this, and then they throw you out to play the game. <laughs> and, and the one thing I would say, Matt, is I'm a little. I played it on PlayStation Five. 
And I'm a little disappointed in the visuals in this game. Not necessarily what it's like to play the game, but like the way they tell the story. So maybe first we should start by giving a plot synopsis, which doesn't take all that long because it's very simple. Basically, because it's Diablo. It, yeah, basically. Most people I know who are like Diablo fans are like they didn't they don't even know what the story of Diablo <laughs> like, is. What like, is it? Yeah. Most people cannot tell you what the story of this game, this series is beyond there's like a hell. demon <laughs> a, and you have to stop him. Yeah. Like, well, in this one, the, there's a demon and you have to stop her, and mm-hmm. it's Lilith. And Lilith, this whole ceremony right here, basically revives Lilith, and then it, it, it frees her from the void where right. she's been banished for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, and so Lilith is back and it's your job to stop her. And that's pretty much the whole plot. Mm -hmm. And along the way, you know, everyone has their own little issues that they're having with Lilith being back and, you know, they play on it a lot. Well, and you'll deal with like the, the, the church, you know, you'll, they talk about this briefly when you find a statue of him, of Inarius, the, who's the angel who is supposedly the, the figurehead of the church of light that's been through Diablo for all these years. And, um... The trick is that Inarius was uh, Lilith's, Lilith's lover, and they co-created the world that Diablo takes place in, Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did some not-so-great stuff, yep. so, she, so he banished her to the void for eons, and now she's back. Um, and uh, not happy about it. Uh, in the, one of the other trailers you saw, like one of the other trailer where you see, you see like, the big war in hell kind of thing. Right. It's her against him. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the face off in that, yeah. that other trailer. And it does get into that. It starts diving into that towards the end yeah. of what I was able to play. They really started expanding on that mm-hmm. part of the plot a lot more. It also gets into like, like which I think is interesting. She is the daughter of Mephisto. Um, so they call her the daughter of hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, she can, she's affecting all the people in the world to some degree, like to be horrible. Which is why you keep running into places that are all terrible in this yeah. game. Like every, like you run, oh, a nice little village. Nope, they're going to try to kill you. Like they're, it's all you know. Are you going like a random village in the open world, and you'll just have people talking about how they screwed over somebody else, or like you do like side quests for someone, like like deli- and you're and like like there's one side quest where you're supposed to deliver like a like a you know are you supposed to deliver there were there is a like a collector of a debt collector and they sent someone to go deliver a bill to another village and they're the guy they sent disappeared so you go find him and he's like oh take the thing and deliver it to the guy i was supposed to deliver to and you deliver it to and it's very clear that the guy you delivered it to was the one who had the guy delivering it to him killed tried to have him right. killed <laughs> and he's very disappointed that you showed up with it anyway and yeah. it's like oh everyone in this world is horrible now it's it's a because of lilith because of lilith's yeah. influence which is is a, is a difference from the previous you know the other diablos kind of had more of a oh like the regular people are just sort of trying to live their lives and they're all kind of on your side and they you know they hate the the demons and the evil too but everyone's kind of falling to it yeah. at this point it's like it's got a very it's almost um, like there's a spell yeah, yeah. it's got a very, i mean there is it's got a very apocalyptic feel to yeah. it uh even for a diablo game yep. um very influenced by two yeah uh, in terms of tone and look if you're wondering why there are subtitles in this b-roll and you know that shane because you can't, al- always turns yeah. off subtitles for games b-roll you cannot turn them off you can turn them off for the full cg cinematics, cinematics but there is as far as i could find no way to turn and i don't mind them in this yeah. in like this kind of scenario where like you talk to people in the in the kind of the you know the three-quarter view yeah. diablo camera but they if any cutscenes that are rendered in engine 
also have these subtitles, and yeah. these subtitles are gigantic. Yeah, and they're like big, they got like the <laughs> yeah. stylized box, and and it's just it was incredibly distracting yeah, whenever any one of those came up. I hope that they add that feature to remove it in the final version. Yeah, of the game. I wouldn't mind leaving them on in, in like this, like you know, like this form here, yeah. like which is kind of what Diablo's always done. Yeah, but I would definitely like to turn them off for. Um, the cuts, like the actual cinematics, yeah. the in-engine cinematics, because they're very distracting. Now, when I was talking earlier about and those how in-engine cinematics happen way more than the full CG. I mean, it, traditionally, Blizzard games have those full fancy CG things basically between each act. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you have other. Don't get a handful of. Yeah, them you know, because they're, they're, they're expensive. Yeah, they take a long time to make as well. Now, if you're wondering, you know, earlier, just a minute ago, I mentioned that I was kind of disappointed in the graphics. It's not that I don't think the graphics of the moment to moment like what you're seeing right now looks bad like i think it looks fine not amazing but good i would i mean having played it on pc i think it is amazing oh really the, the detail on it is astounding wow so i'm playing um, on ps5 so that's a little shocking for me to hear i mean part of it is that i'm much closer to the screen that could be so i can see that like that's the true. little skull that's floating in my character's head has like glowing eyes and shit. Uh, okay. like, like the detail is incredible okay um you may not be able to see that if you're playing on a console on a TV, with lower image feet quality. Away. Yeah. I mean, you know, so like, because I certainly felt the same about um, Diablo 3 in comparison to the PC version of that. Oh, okay. Um, it's just, I just figured you're PS5 sitting further away. Close at least. I mean, I think it is probably close. You're just not sitting very close. Maybe. Like, the fact that, I mean, the screen, when I play the PC game, it's a, it's a far away from me as, like, you know, this monitor is, and it's it's much, much closer. I can look at everything very yeah. closely. It, look, it looks good. I'm just, I'm a little disappointed. What I'm really disappointed I in, I would though, show it to you on PC, but you can't play it now. Oh, that's right. It's gone. Because the beta's over. Yeah, I would have liked to check that out. Um, what I'm really complaining about is how they handle cinematics in the game. So, for years and years, there was no other game like Diablo. There's no action RPG that you could play for, like, dozens and dozens of hours. That's all changed now. You can play games like The Witcher or Horizon Forbidden West that go on for 60, 70, 80 hours. And all the cinematics in those games are produced with angle, camera angles, amazing-looking character models, etc., etc., and look, it may just be that Blizzard doesn't want to piss off fans, like we need to keep doing it the way we've always done it, but I don't think there's any reason anymore for a lot of the cinematics in this game to be shown from that three-quarter view pulled 100 yards away where you can't see facial animations. It's, it's an easy way to eliminate a lot of work from the project. So... I was a little disappointed in that, um, and I do get it. There's I think a lot part of, of it is also that nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to have to constantly jump between cutscenes and... Because right, one of the advantages of a lot of the, the way they present a lot of the dialogue, where like, especially when you're talking to, like, people in the city or whatever, like, you can just walk away and go do something mm -hmm. else. Like, you don't even have to skip anything. You just run... But there's... You know, I think they did it fine in, like, the... the, the what you, early on, when you, when you see the flashback in the church, like, that's in-engine. Yeah, I don't like, think that looks very good, though. Oh, fine. It didn't look as right, good. Right, it looks fine. It looks good. Like, again, you maybe you need to see it on PC. Um, it, I thought that looked very good. Um, especially Lilith in the backlighting was was very good. Um, is it, does it look as good as that opening cinema, the opening, like, rendered CG cinema? Well, I would cinema? expect it to look not. like that. But, but it looks I would good. expect cutscenes like, on the quality of most big-budget action RPGs I, I mean, I don't think... I wouldn't. Comp I mean, I would never occur to me to compare this to like The Witcher Three because it's just a different kind of game. It's a dungeon crawler. Well, it's, it's an isometric. It's an isometric dungeon. RPG. It's an isometric dungeon crawler. It's yeah. a dungeon. I'm comparing it to Path of Exile and Grim Dawn and Titan no, I Quest. Hear, look, I hear you. I know that that's the way these games are. I, this is the leader. Mm -hmm. If there's one that's finally going to break out of that mold and, in my opinion, do things a better way, it, I thought it would be this one. When I would argue it has. 
I have never seen cutscenes that look as good as this in an equivalent type of game. As in a right, the bar, because the bar is literally like at the bottom. Right, but it doesn't need to be because it's not important. It's like no. Why, one is, can, so why is it not important here? But it is important in other because games. this is not a story focused game. It's a dungeon crawler. Nobody cares about the story in this game. Interesting. I I wonder if most Diablo fans would agree with you on that. I think they would. I mean, I mean, I agree with man, you. Man, I've been trying the story to look, in these games is ridiculous. Well, I tried to look up some story back backstory stuff on Lilith uh, on like just the like the Diablo wiki, and they barely fucking talk about anything. Like yeah. on, the, on like the you know the the wiki is run by fandoms. You expect like you know ridiculous overlong explanation. Like there's barely anything on some of these guys. Yeah. Like, like even like characters that have like Bale, like or like Deckard Kane. It's just like it kind of covers the basics of what happened to them, but like it's shockingly light. Because there like wasn't anything there. De- the, <laughs> most of the actual detail comes from like the tie-in novels, which I did not know existed yeah, until recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of backstory for various things in these tie-in novels that I apparently had, I've never read then came out in the early 2000s around the time of Diablo 2. But um, it's just it's just not a priority for this kind of game. This kind of you know most people uh, don't even play the story on this. You know, like there, you know, Diablo 3 in particular, like people just play ladder. Mm-hmm. And like I know people that have never even touched the story. No, I believe it. It's just not part of the deal. Like ever, nobody, you know, ever. It's just about min maxing, and about like you know getting through the stuff and and playing the seasons and you know hardcore characters and Iron Man. You know, the, it's just the appeal on these games is not the appeal of a general standard action RPG. These are a very specific subgenre, and I would argue that this game, at least so far, we'll see about the rest of it. This game. Uh, is head and shoulders above any other thing in this subgenre has ever been because Blizzard has basically unlimited resources. I mean, um, I'll be honest with you. I struggled at times to see a big difference between this and Diablo Immortal. Um, I think Diablo Immortal is very similar in, in some ways. I, I don't, know people don't, don't want to hear that. I don't but. think there's... Well, I mean, it's very different in how it plays in terms of... And, and kind of the structure and, and, and how it unfolds and all that. But the other thing is Diablo Immortal and this are both taking... From and look, there's a bunch of stuff in this that has never been a Diablo game before in terms of the open world and the world events mm-hmm. and the world bosses and the strongholds and all this stuff they've talked about and all these previews. But like, it's stuff we've never seen in, in a in a Diablo game. But it's stuff we've definitely seen in like MMOs. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff in this that reminds me of Guild Wars Two. Oh yeah, it definitely borrows a lot from MMOs um, for sure. And like, I'm not saying that that like diminishes it necessarily. And it is like an expansion of what these kinds of dungeon crawlers can be. Um, it's just, you know, it, the more experience you are outside of this, and there are people I know who, you know, there's certainly people who just play Diablo or just play these kind of games, I guess. Um, I can't imagine living that way, but like, whatever. Um, <laughs> that would be a tough, tough I mean, deal. I went back and played all the, all the, the other three before the beta went live just to sort of refresh myself. And, uh, I really do have to come to, come to grips with the fact that the only one I like is two. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I think a lot of people would agree with you. Like three, I thought one was is too primitive letdown. at this point. Well, I mean, one is very primitive. Three not, made mistakes. I loved one at the time, but one is just like, oh, why would you even at this point? Yeah. It's so ancient. Um, two is still solid, especially the, the remastered version that came out a couple years ago. Um, and uh, three is just three. I mean, I'm yeah. I think mistakes we talked, were made. I think we talked about <laughs> it at the beginning of the, when we talked about most anticipated game, and I just wasn't particularly jazzed about this game. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I just don't care. Like, uh, here's the in engine. 
that does not look very good. You're right. So notice uh, how uh, the bell's like a yeah, stop sign. Yeah, that did not look <laughs> like that when I played this. Yeah. Uh, now, Erebus Jones says that he played both PC and Xbox Series X, and he said the PC version definitely looks much better. Yeah. So it's, I, I mean, this is this it is your capture. Yeah. On from yeah, PlayStation this, Five. This looks yeah. very different from. Yeah. What I, I mean, played. you can see what I'm talking about here. For sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I was although that effect still there, that's a cool effect. It is. Yeah. Um. But, like, three, just, for me, very specifically, um, I don't like what they did with any of the classes, and I hate the move sliders around to pick your abilities, mm-hmm. and you can only have four abilities at once yeah, yeah. I can thing. understand that. And this goes way back to more of a Diablo 2 thing, and as soon as I saw that skill tree, I'm just like, oh, good. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm back home. That's good. I yeah. like everything about this already better than three. JM Rain says, I love the story. Is he saying in this or just in Diablo in general? I think he means he said that around the, when we were just talking about Diablo in general. Okay. Um, I mean, it's there if you want to find it. Um, but you got to look. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not it's not very overt, really. I mean, look, and look, the, those cutscenes have always been memorable. Like you know, to this day, like I mean, I can say the Diablo two. I can perform that for you probably real time with that. You know, the the the, the wanderer guy's like, why did I why did I follow him? Yeah. I don't know. Like, that whole thing. Like, I can know that by heart just yeah. from having loaded that game up so many times. But, like, could I tell you what any of that meant before? I... <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Yep. Um, I know Tyrael is important <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. So, what you're this B roll that you're seeing, this is all basically in chronological order. So, it is giving you a nice little snapshot into what it was like to play the beta. Real heavy on cinematics and story in the first couple hours. And then most of that stuff pretty much goes yeah. away. Once you get to the first city, they pretty much let you go. Yeah. And then it, then you get to start to experience the open world. Now, to me, the big advantage of this new Diablo, at least in my opinion, was the ability to just join up with people whenever you want to that you just meet out in the world. And I could never get someone to join up with me. Did you ever, did you try it, Matt? I mean, I kind of spontaneously joined up with people, like with, with like a big boss popped up in the middle of the world or something. Yeah. But nobody stuck together after that. You yeah. know, it wasn't, it wasn't I, like it I wasn't anybody, never, anybody partied up or anything. I never managed to be able to play with other people. Like I kept. What it, were you a rogue? Yeah. Or whatever they are. Yeah. The middle guy. I get to use a sword and magic. That's who I always mm. choose in in pretty much every game, uh, so I can have a well-rounded arsenal. But. Um, I thought that it was balanced fine for the rogue, by the way. Like, I didn't really mm-hmm. have any issues. Which difficulty did you play it on? Because there was two that you could choose from. The regular one. Yeah. The... Yeah, I played it on whatever the second one was. I played... Uh, the hardest one that was available. That was a sorceress. How did that go? It was fine. Sometimes she's... the early going can be tough. No, she's very, very, very strong. Oh, really? Like, just... Like, right I mean, out of the gate. I mean, you get anyone near you, you're gonna you're gonna get killed. But, she, I mean, she could... Her basic attack... I was using fire for fireballs, and then ice is her kind of secondary thing. Mm-hmm. And, like... The fire is damage over time, and like one nice thing I like about this game is, uh, and maybe it'll show it here. I don't know how much DOT you were doing on things. Damage over time is shown as a different color on the health bar than the damage you do. So when I hit them with a spell, I see you know, they lose life, but then there's a chunk of their life that's darkened red that yep. indicates that's how much life they're going to lose from the DOT effect. And so if I can hit a guy, and that the darkened red is the rest of the health bar. I don't have to worry about that enemy again because he's eventually going to die. Yeah. And like, again, she could just go boom, 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 boom. And like, everyone is about to die and she uh. go do something else. And if everything gets too bad, she's got explosive secondary attacks she can use. And that's just the first two skills you learn. Wow. Like, she's extremely strong. I use and a again, lot of traps, if, like I can get killed. Traps I can and... get killed in like four hits. Right, If right. they get in. Yeah. But like, 
they never got in. I never died once in this game. Oh, I did. I absolutely um, did. You didn't die to the boss? The final boss? Or I never got to the oh, final you never boss. fought him. Okay. I was like, damn, man, you're like a savant because that, that final boss, I don't think it was even possible for me to beat him. I no, tried You, him you had to be times. like pretty close to the cap to, to yeah. solve I only got him, to I like think. level 16 or something like that in mm-hmm. this, I think. I, got, I think I got to 20 something. Somewhere around I was, there. I was up there because I was playing a long time. But like, I'm Mindlessly, so I honestly. use traps. So like I have like poison traps when they run through the traps, they, the, you get the DOT there. But it's hard to pay attention to like each individual like enemy. Like, are they gonna die? Like, I just keep dropping the traps and shooting, hoping that I eventually wipe them all out. Um, but I thought the game was pretty well balanced for the rogue. I did die here and there, but not very often. It was usually against like a boss or some big foe. Or there's a couple times where they just kind of monster closet you and just drop a ton of dudes like right down on top of you. I think I maybe died once there. Yeah, that ha- does happen a lot. Um, but overall, I thought that the curve was pretty good. Like mm-hmm. I made progress, and it was it was perfect. Like it was challenging enough that I kept me engaged, but it wasn't so difficult that it got me angry and made me want to quit playing. And once I got this beta, I pretty much just played it straight for like three days. Like I got up and I was like, I want to play Diablo Four, and I'd play Diablo Four until I had to do something else, and I'd come back to it again. I got hooked on this game very quickly and then when i realized it at that boss the thing ended. i was sad i wanted mm-hmm. to keep playing whenever i got to the end my god i mean i didn't really play it that obsessively because i knew it wasn't going to count yeah um, that's the other thing too this demo by the way everyone's going to get to play this this weekend this mm-hmm. there will be a true open beta where everyone will get to try this out this weekend um so yeah and i don't know if it's going to be changed or if they'll ex- i think it's just going to be the same yeah i don't know if we'll get to play it again i don't know if you're uh Hmm? Or we could maybe start with a new character. Probably I guess. play a new character, yeah. yeah. But like, um, yeah. So part of it is just sort of like, yeah, why bother until I can play it and it counts. Yeah, um, it doesn't count. So if you guys play it this weekend, your my progress. Main, my main annoyance with it was like, um, uh, I was like, well, I could probably just sit and play this most of the rest of the year, but I know I'm not going to be able to right. because there's other things I have to play. Yeah. Um, it kind of made me, you know, jealous of people that just get to choose what they play. <laughs> Because I can see this lasting a very long time. I mean, this game is going to be gigantic. Like, I played it for almost 20 hours, and that was the first zone. Yeah, actually, the main reason to play the the open... Uh, it's because the necromancer wasn't available right. in this, and they will it will be in the new in the open. this weekends. It will be. Yeah, all the classes are available in the open. Okay, that's pretty sweet. The, was the necromancer and the druid were not available? Yeah, yeah, because you can only play as the rogue, the barbarian, and the sorcerer this weekend. Um, the necromancer and the druid were. I think maybe you could unlock one of those through playing. No, you were, couldn't at they all. They were not available. Okay. The, the, the pet classes were not available for this. Okay. Um, but I'm very curious about the Necromancer because I think I mean the Necromancer is my favorite in the whole series, mm-hmm. and um, they first they left him out in three, and then they put him in, and he sucked because um, they he could only summon like three or four skeletons. It was just. The, the appeal of the necromancer is he has like his army yeah said, and you couldn't do that in three which was annoying um so i'm, I'm very curious how he's going to be and if it's going to be uh satisfying the way diablo 2 diablo 2 was and you're seeing my character right there i'm going to pause it really quickly so you can see the gear um gear creep definitely a thing in this game you're constantly oh, yeah. get there's just drops all the time all over the place most of them are lower than the gear you have one of them might be like plus a couple in armor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really play this, like looking at specific gear to see what each piece of gears like buffs were. I just kept equipping whatever had the highest armor rating. Basically, yeah. I mean that's basically what you do early on. I mean, there's yeah. no reason to min max 
before you're in the end game. But you can see down um, there at the bottom of my inventory how much junk is down there. Like there's just tons. There you can see it better now. Like you're just like there's 20 pairs of pants down mm-hmm. there. Well, and you gotta you gotta break some of those down to get that look. We either break them down or you take them to the store, which is what I'm doing right mm-hmm. now, and sell them. Because right, but the ones with the pickaxe, you sell, you break those down, and you get the cosmetic look. Right, and you can change your if you outfit like how they look. look. Yeah, yeah, because you can change your outfit to look however you want. Yep. and then no matter what you equip, you always look like how you want. Right, which is nice. Yeah, there's most games are doing that now. Yeah, I mean that was in Diablo three eventually. Yeah. I don't know if it was in Diablo three at launch, but eventually you got to. So I, it, I appreciate that that you no longer have to look like some kind of maniac thrift store weirdo yeah. from like for the first like twenty hours of the game in, in in a dungeon crawler now. But there's so many drops. Like every fight, oh, there's yeah. like ten things laying on the ground, and you have to go and look through all your stuff and find that one pair of pants that's a plus two or whatever over your your other pair of pants that you were wearing. So there's a lot of inventory management. And here I'm showing you like basically when you're out in the open world. These are the options that you have when you're trying to communicate with other players, who other human players mm-hmm. who are in the open world. Um, if you want to invite them to the game or you just want to chat with them or whatever, um, these are kind of the options that you have while you're doing that. Oh, and, and again, I tried over and over to get people to join up with me and nobody ever would. So mm-hmm. I had no luck sort of playing. Yeah, no, nobody's playing this as a group unless they're playing with a group they've already chosen ahead of time. By the way, like. I created the Sifted Clan. For those of you playing this weekend, feel free to search for it and join it when the game comes out. In if it still exists, yeah, we don't know, we don't know how much. I don't know how much they're wiping this. Yeah, it'd be interesting to. Why would they let you create a clan if they're going to wipe the clan? That would be trying everything dirty, out. I guess so. I guess. Um, but anyway, there's a sifted clan. So if you're playing this weekend, search for it and join it. Uh, you can join it. There's no password or anything for it. And then in June, hopefully, it's still there, um, and we can all join up as a sifted clan and play some Diablo Four. I mean, Everest Jones says progress carries over to beta weekend two, and then you get the two new classes, the Necro mm. and the Druid. So it looks like you and I would just have to play as a different character um, and play through it all again if we want to. Um, there might be some new stuff, though. Like, the other thing that that happened, like, while I was playing was, was world events. So you get, like, a little, like, message. It would say, hey, there's a world event going on. And the one that popped up for me was, like, a boss fight. There was some huge creature everybody's fighting. I went and looked at the map, and, like, I was over here... And the boss was like a whole world away over there. And there was a timer ticking down. I was like, I don't think I'll even make it there in time mm-hmm. to get to him. Now, there is a great fast travel system in the game. Yeah. You don't even need portal scrolls anymore. No. You can just basically, any at any point, just go to the map and choose any of the cities or towns that you've been to. And you can warp there immediately. And that's handy, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Big difference from going back to one. Yeah. Some of the checkpoints... Some of them are great. Like, sometimes you'll get a checkpoint and there's, like, a sub-boss fight or whatever. Other times, though, like, the final boss, like, if I closed it out and came back, I had to go, like, a mile or two to get back to that boss fight again. So, some of the checkpoints aren't especially generous. Those are things that are easy to tweak, though, and that might be something that Blizzard's going to work on uh, before it comes out on June 2nd, I think, is the release date. Yes. I remember. Something like that. June 2nd or June 6th. Yeah. One of those. Um, Character creation... Very, I was disappointed in this. That may be actually my biggest disappointment, Matt, was the character creation. Like, you have, like, six or eight heads that you can choose from, and that's it. Yeah. You can't really customize, like, your look and make... You can't get a character that looks like you if that's something that you're into. Um, it's not. But, yeah. But I also, thought it was pretty weak. It's Diablo. Yeah. It's also better than most games like this offer. Yeah. So. I'm trying to remember. Because you can't really look. You can't really you can't see, see a him. character. Uh, you should, though. You should be able to see him in the cutscenes, which you can't. You can, but, like, eh... You hardly ever see your character's face in cutscenes. So mm-hmm. you're right. 
I guess it's like, why would we put so much work into something most people no. don't see? No. But and so, especially because again, the majority of people who play this for the long haul just they make a character, they play to the ladder, they you know they don't care. Yeah, no, no one cares. Um, downtown CM Brown, great name by the way, says I'm tired of creating of creating characters. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Which if, is weird if, because if we went from you could never create a character to play in a mm-hmm. game into like now you can create one but the option and it just keeps getting better and better and now we've come full circle to where downtown cm brown is like i don't care anymore. Yeah, it's not super narrative driven it doesn't really matter that yeah much. i mean at least you can ch- choose some kind of kind of options you can choose skin color and gender mm-hmm. like the basics I mean, yeah. back in you know back as diablo 2 it was just like do you want to be a girl yeah uh barbarian too bad yeah, yeah. I think they added some of that later. Later on, like, yeah. But originally, it was like a class was was what they were. Remember the first in the first one, Matt. There weren't really classes. Yeah, there was just there was <laughs> what rogue. There was just rogue, warrior, and uh, sorcerer. But they're all pretty much the same. Well, they they started, they started different. They started different. It was a little like Dark Souls. They started different. Uh, so you kind of were ahead of the game in magic or dexterity or strength. There were little things like almost imperceptible like the the rogue fires the bow with fewer frames mm. and the warrior swings melee weapons with fewer frames and the and the sorcerer so casts spells with fewer frames so they actually do their specified thing slightly faster than the other classes do mm-hmm. but in general they you know if your magic is high enough you can use any magic spell if you you know that was the big problem in Diablo 2 when they were making new classes and stuff they're like well if we want to make them more specialized, if we want to like have like stuff that only the the sorcerer can do, well then everybody's gonna be finding sorcerer loot and they then they're gonna be mad because they can't use it. And so yeah. the solution was the skill tree. So loot became universal and the skill trees became where you got your specialized stuff, which makes a lot more sense than one because when you're playing one now you're like oh right if I want to learn any of these important spells I have to get lucky enough to find a book. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. takes up a giant amount of inventory space. Yeah. If you don't have the the stats for it yet, so at some point you're just walking around with fire wave in your inventory, for, taking up four slots for like it's a huge book apparently. Yeah. It's a book the size of a sword. So yeah, it's um or shield. They take up the same amount of space as a shield. So yeah, it's um come a long way, but uh, yeah, you're not you're not looking at uh, Baldur's Gate three here mm-hmm. in terms of character creation. Yep. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. It's not that big a deal again because you rarely ever see your character. Your character so small on screen that it's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah, any- the clothing's way more important. Yep, for sure. Um, any other criticisms that you have of the beta that you played? Keeping in mind that this is a beta and that some stuff should be wrong because mm-hmm. the game's not done. Um, did you get a mount? I did not. Get I did a mount. not. Yeah, me either. I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know how much you need one with the great fast travel. System. I mean, it's probably useful for exploration more than yeah. getting around places you've already been. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have any real complaint. I mean, I, yeah. I thought it was pretty great, man. Pretty good. Yeah, it it's really good. good. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it more, a lot more than I expected to. Me too. I got totally hooked on it and uh, didn't want to stop. When I got to the end of the content for the beta, I was disappointed and sad. And I was like, now what? <laughs> Because <laughs> there's just not a lot of games coming out right now, let alone big, high-profile ones. And I'm very I mean, Resident Evil's in like two days. It, it, well, yeah, but I'm not playing it right now. Um, but I... 
I don't know. To me, I think the biggest new features didn't make much of an impact for me. Like the open world stuff didn't. Well, we, have, we haven't seen all of that yeah. yet. Because there's also, I mean, we haven't even talked about all the stuff that's coming. Like, mm-hmm. there's what, 150 different yeah. world events that are on the way or there's something? There's like tons of world events, tons of world bosses, tons of strongholds, which once you liberate them, they change the, the, your world map forever. And I can create, you can create new towns and new dungeons and open new, new quests. Like, there, this is, there's a lot. There's a lot in this game. All the all the tra- traveling through all the zones is seamless. There's no there's no jumping from one place to another like in the other games. It's all one big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and there it's is a, no loading. No loading. It's a it's a different experience than the others have been. Mm-hmm. And um, I think in terms of progression and stuff, it feels more true to Diablo 2, which is good. Um, in a lot of ways, I think this is the Diablo people were thinking Diablo 3 would be. Yeah. Because ultimately, um, I mean, Diablo 3 was passable, but it was kind of a disappointment mm-hmm. at the end of it all. It still sold great, and people played it. The people are still playing it. Yeah. Um, but for someone who just buys a Diablo or gets a Diablo, and then just plays mostly through the campaign and doesn't get into the whole min-max and all that stuff, like, I thought it was passable, but not great. This already has set a much better first impression with me uh, than Diablo 3 did. So if you like Diablo 3, I think you're going to really like Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in general, just really, really enjoyed my time with it. Like, I think it's going to deliver. I think fans are going to be happy with it. I think even casual folks like me who don't min-max and don't really dig into Diablo games are also going to love it. Because I already played almost 20 hours of this game. It was the first zone! So you're mm-hmm. talking about value for what you spend on games. You're looking at a lot of value from Diablo 4. So I'm impressed with it. Mm-hmm. Are you going to play the... I'm probably not going to be able to play the second beta because I'm going to be playing the crap out of Resident Evil 4. Um, maybe I will, I'll find a little time. I will poke at the Necromancer a bit just no, to see. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that too. Just to give it a whirl. And it looks like most people, you guys in chat, are also really excited about the Necromancer more than anything. Um, Downtown CM Brown says, I've liked all the Diablos, so this is going to be my summer game. Yeah, I mean, you can get this at June 2nd and play it until the end of August easily. Mm-hmm. You can definitely make it through the whole summer. Um, people saying Diablo 3 was fun. Yeah, I mean, I think they've all been fun, for yeah. sure. Um, uh, Eric Carpmenez, would you be my shepherd in the world of Diablo? I've never played. We absolutely will. Um, again, if you get it, join the Sifted Clan, and we can all play together, and we'll take you out on adventures, and we'll show you the ropes. It's not that hard. Like, I do feel like this is a genre that a lot of people are get intimidated by. Well, some of them are very hard. Yeah, you mean uh, like difficulty or like hard to learn all the systems? Difficulty. And oh, okay. Like there's there's challenging. Games, yeah, and the systems are difficult in the sense that like, you know, especially the earlier ones like that didn't have a respec necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, there were ways to build your character that would break them. Well, we should have mentioned that the respec in this. And they wouldn't. You know, you could you it could end up with a non viable character for end game stuff. And that'll never happen here. No, because you can respec at any time. Everything you can just completely trash your whole skill tree, and the skill trees are gigantic. We should have mentioned how they work, actually. Mm-hmm. So the skill trees has, like, six nodes. Is that right? It's different for each character. One, oh, it is? Okay. So it has, like, six to ten nodes would be my guess. And then each one of those nodes corresponds to one of the buttons on the controller. So it's, like, R1, R2, face buttons, etc. And how the tree works is, as you add skills in one of the nodes... Well, also, a- the PC version has controller support. 
Okay. So that should that should be noted as awesome. well because Diablo three never got that. Okay. So as you add skills in one node, a bloodline literally runs from that node to the next one. So you have to get like three upgrades in one node before you can go to the next one. And you can only assign one attack from that node to a button. So ultimately, there's for me there was as many buttons or there was as many nodes as there were buttons on the controller. So but you can't have two abilities from the same node on your active and they all kind of do a similar thing right yeah each each node they kind of like the sorceress's first node is like basic projectile right and you can pick like you can choose whether you want fire fire lightning ice um and something else i can't remember yeah and then her second node is a big ball that explodes and you can Mm -hmm. pick a fireball or an ice ball or a lightning ball i think there's a poison ball maybe um but like that's that's your second thing, yeah. Um, and then the kind of so and then, and then you have a shield. A you have, you the third node, I think, is a, is a shield of an elemental shield of whatever element you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, they're all sort of. It's not super different from Diablo 3's sort of little skill tree sort of slider thing, but you have to you have to commit. Yeah, but you have to spend gold to to respect. But things. it's not that much. So I well, because you can respect individual skills, not the whole character. If you you want. can respect the whole thing too, if you want. Though. You can, but it's, it'll cost, cost more. Isn't that much though? It's so, it's it's sliding. So by the time you get higher level, it will cost a ton. So I got to the final boss. I bought. I fought him a bunch of times. I couldn't beat him. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, what am I doing? Because like two of my abilities weren't doing anything to him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is worthless. Like I wish I could respect it. I'm like, I can. So I was like, I'll just wipe everything out. And then just respect my character based upon what I've seen do damage to the boss. The problem was, by the time I got back there and went to respect, the beta ended. <laughs> so I wasn't able to fight the, the boss with the new skill tree that I was going to set up. So, But you can, and it didn't. I, I wiped everything, Matt. And I think it was like 140 gold or something like that for the whole thing. So at least at that point, fifteen to twenty hours in, it wasn't that expensive to respect. Oh, somebody at all. somebody did like a max level, like twenty level twenty. I think twenty five is the cap, and they did that. It was like a third of all their gold. No, oh, for me it was like nothing. It's a, it's a sliding scale basically. Yeah. Yep. So if you want to respect, you can respect the whole thing, and it just costs you gold. And for me at least, it didn't cost all mm-hmm. that much. And so. there are people who probably will dislike that in comparison to Diablo three, where you just click some buttons and right. do it for free. But I, for some reason, I do like the idea of having to commit to build the character a certain mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, I thought the trees and everything were great. I thought they were intuitive. I thought they made sense. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Paragon system, which we haven't even been able to we get into. We can't get to yet. Because that doesn't unlock until 50. Yeah. So if you are looking, if you look for value in the games that you buy, put this one on your calendar. And again, it's coming to everything. We haven't seen it. Have we seen it running on PS4 and Xbox One yet? No, I, I haven't. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out, but it's coming to those platforms. So it's coming to everything but Switch, pretty much. So if you are a player, you should be able to play it. And based upon what I've seen, I'll give it a big thumbs up. What about you, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, really good. And you guys are going to be able to find that for yourselves as well this weekend. Uh, when and Although you're probably going to be playing RE4 as well. So <laughs> you're going to have to split up your time this weekend between Diablo and the Resident Evil 4 remake. It's a good problem to have. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about something that got me really pissed off last year. Last year, right around this same time, the Video Game Hall of Fame announced its nominees for induction for 2022. And we went back and we looked at the prior year. And what we found was that it was a completely different list of nominees. And they chose their winners from that. And then those nominees that didn't win that year did not become nominees the following year. 
And I thought that was insane. I still think it's insane. So again, it's popped up that they are announced, they announced this week, the nominees for the Video Game Hall of Fame. And once again, they've done the same thing, Matt. They have not, any of the nominees that didn't win last year, it's like they no longer exist. None of them carried over and are now nominees for 2023. It's insane. Well, maybe they'll circle back with like a loser's bracket one year. <laughs> I think what's happened, Matt, is that they waited so long to start doing the Video Game Hall of Fame that it's like they're trying to play catch up. And they're like, this industry's so been what? around for 40 years, but we only have like 10 years of Hall of Fame winners. But it's also just like, well, if the other things that didn't win were popular, they would have won. So let's put new things in and see if they're popular. <laughs> well, let's go through this. So uh, let's go through last year first before we get to this year, just so you can kind of get where I'm coming from. Last year's nominees were Assassin's Creed, Candy Crush, DDR, Ocarina of Time, Minesweeper, Miss Pac-Man, NBA Jam, Parappa the Rapper, Resident Evil, just the franchise, um, Sid Meier's Civilization, and Words with Friends. And then the winners were Miss Pac-Man, DDR, Ocarina of Time, and Civilization. So all those other games that were nominees have not become nominees for this year. So let me just go through those real quick to, to your point of they, are, they shouldn't be considered again. Assassin's Creed, it should never be considered. I don't think I would say never, but just... NBA Jam. Resident you, you Evil. Should, you should also remember that this doesn't matter at all. What do you mean? The Video Game Hall of... Who cares? Well, why, do, what, why does anyone care about any Hall of Fame? Good question. They do. Good question. <laughs> because people just do. They like to write well, they, things. Well, they also, like... they care. Well, if they care about, like, say, the the baseball Hall of Fame, because you go see it in Cooperstown and go hang. You know, it's like a, it's a whole thing. It's the history of the sport. Da, da, da. You're honoring these players. Da, da, da. Like these is these are video games. No, no. Like, this isn't. There's an actual museum that does this. Yeah, thing. but who knows that? Who goes to the goes? It's, that's not. It's not a destination. It's not a. I mean, I know they've inducted actual human beings, developers mm -hmm. at times. They, I think they did the. The, I think I was at the first one where they inducted, I think, the Pac-Man guy, mm -hmm. uh, creator of Pac-Man. But it's just, there's no, I mean, it's, I'm sure Assassin's Creed will be okay if it's not inducted into the Hall of Fame. At a certain point, you could argue that almost anything that sold well should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think, I don't think it matters that much. No, a, but it does. <laughs> it to, why? So there's a, there's a physical museum yeah, that I people know. go to. And every, sort of. Every year's Is it still in the Metreon? No, it has its own, its own standalone thing now. Like, where I, is it now? I can't remember. I went and looked it up. That's kind of my point. You don't even know where it is. I don't actually. You're it right. used to be like there used to be like a, wa a games of fame. Maybe that was a different thing. Maybe it was games of fame. Hmm. That, that sounds familiar. You remember that at the Metreon? It was like it was like the, it was like the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but they put like plinths in like kind of that walkway on the second floor up near the oh yeah, garage, that's right. And they had, that's right. It was like it had the pitfall guy running yeah, on what, it, kind of thing. What you remember they do that? With that building when Sony moved out of it? I don't remember. I haven't been. By, I mean, <laughs> you can't that's really repurpose it for anything. I don't know. I Had don't, to gut it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, did they turn it into something? I, I God, I haven't driven past that. Thing I haven't forever. been in San Francisco in a long time. It's yeah, been like eight years since I've been. And home. when I am, I try not to go near there. So <laughs> the Metro, I mean, there's nothing there anymore. It's just, yeah. it's you know that that used to be sort of a little nightlife place, but yeah. like it just all once the Metreon went away, it all collapsed. Yeah. But I remember that being like. Being like, okay, because that was the thing. Maybe it was because Adam hosted that first yeah, well, year. The ho he hosted the show there. Yeah. The arcade there is where we did raps for oh, Extended Oh, that too, yeah. yeah. The airtight garage. Yeah. The, the Mobius-themed <laughs> arcade with all the weird esoteric games. Yeah. Yep. But like, yeah, there was, there was like a, it was the Games of Fame, Walk of Fame, Walk of Game. That's what they called it. That's the what it was. The Walk of Game. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. 
Uh, so anyway, now you kind of have an idea where the Video Game Hall of Fame is coming from. They're kind of standing on shaky ground. So with that in mind, here are the nominees. And so what we're going to do is we're going to announce the nominees, and then Matt and I are going to pick the four that we think should win. Um, first up, Wii Sports. Do you think it deserves a nod? I mean, no, but probably. Like I don't care. I about think it Wii. does. I don't care about Wii Sports, but it's probably one of the most played games in history. Right. Um, it transcended games. I mean, it became yeah. a phenomenon. I mean, I would argue at least half the Wii's sold never played anything else. Yeah, there was a whole console that was very successful based upon this one game, mm-hmm. which is pretty insane to think about, honestly. Um, so I think it's a worthy nominee. Do you agree with that? Sure. Okay. Next up, GoldenEye 007. Yeah. Yeah. It deserves it. Sure. First console shooter with to use for controller ports. First console shooter, really, to have multiplayer play that was worth anything. Um, first good console 3D shooter ever released. So I think it belongs as a nominee, at least. Mm, I think Medal of Honor was pretty good. You would put Medal of Honor in before Goldeneye? No, I mean, in terms of first th- good 3D console shooter, I think there were a couple decent ones. But yeah. this definitely took it to another level. I remember being very surprised by by how robust it was the first time I loaded. I got it just because I'm like, oh, I like James Bond. It's probably fine. And then I loaded it. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone was pleasantly surprised. Did it also have been delayed a bunch? Yeah. Before well, yeah, it finally it was, came out. I mean, it was a rare out, game, and every rare game was, well, it was coming out three years after the movie it was based on. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> a little weird. Yep. Uh, I think it belongs as a nominee. Um, so, that's two for two for me. Next up, Age of Empires. Yeah. I can see that on, on a list of. So, this is getting to the point games. where I was making where it's like they waited so long to do the Hall of Fame that there are literally like. 50 games mm-hmm. that are worthy of being in the Hall of Fame right right now. Right, but also, like, this is a timely pick, because Age of Empires 4 is, mm-hmm. you know, th- a thing now, and Age of Empires has been re-released and all the definitive edit. Like, Age of Empires is back as a franchise. GoldenEye just got re-released mm-hmm. uh, and all that. Um, like, there's definitely some timeliness in play here yeah. for some of these. And here's where they start to get a little weird, Matt. So the next nominee, I would argue that Age of Empires is a worthy nominee, by the way. Yeah. Um, here's this one though. I don't know. Certainly, it's one of the top. Are you know that Command and Conquer and Warcraft are really your and yeah, Starcraft? Yeah. How do you choose which of those three? That's tough. I mean, you don't. You just put them on just, a different list, and <laughs> you just assume they're not going to win. I, and, I mean, I, are Warcraft and Starcraft already in there? From I don't, previous I don't years? know. I don't have a definitive list of all the ones that are in there yet. I should have probably because nobody should've, cares. Should have put that together. <laughs> it's just a lot of work to go through there because their website's not mm. great. Oh, I'm shocked. I mean, the website's nice. It's just the way it's organized. It's hard right. to find, like, the history of the awards. Mm. You'd think that would be kind of forefront in yeah, terms of... Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, the list of Hall of Famers. Would Instead, be I had to go through their press release pages. Ugh. Like, tab after tab That's of all ridiculous. their press releases to find, like, where who won and, like, who was nominated. There's um, no just list of Hall of Fame inductees anymore? No, I could not find that there at all. That seems rather basic. Yeah, low-hanging fruit, you'd mm. think. Yep. These next couple, though... It's almost as if it isn't real. <laughs> These next couple are tough inclusions. Angry Birds. 
I mean, they seem to do one mobile game every year these days. Like, cause there was one in the last one. Boards with Friends was the one in the other list. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Angry Birds, if you're going to put mobile games in somewhere, I'd say Angry Birds goes up there with Fruit Ninja and I guess. those games that everybody... Angry Birds is closed, by the way, permanently. It's done. Well, Angry Birds 2 isn't. No, they all are. All are? Yeah. When did that happen? Like two weeks ago? That was just the first one. Maybe that was just the first one. That was that was all the controversy over that. Was they uh, ended? They the ended the first. No, they ended the first one and people freaked out. Oh, so they brought back some limited. That thing I haven't or played in like twenty years. No, there's still uh, Angry Birds. Still, it's still on my phone somewhere. The really? Star Wars one somewhere. I haven't opened it in years, but like, wow, I deleted it long ago. No, Angry Birds is need. Angry so you Birds think it's worthy of a nomination? Much as we sports is, yeah. Really. I bet as more. I bet more people played Angry Birds than played Wii Sports. That's a good question, actually. That's you're probably right. It's close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next, Barbie fashion designer. That is there because <laughs> the Barbie movie is coming out this summer. You really think so? Yeah. That, that, the timing of that is suspect to me. That that's because Barbie's about to be a, a phenomenon. Every once in a Comes while, comes out the same day as the Oppenheimer movie. That's amazing. Every once in a while, they'll put something in here that it's like. A game that I like, um, Carmen Sandiego was mm-hmm. in one year was one of the nominees. I say that fits, and like a lot, like I didn't play better it than this kid. one. Like I didn't realize that a lot of schools had oh, people yeah. playing that game as like an edutainment title. I didn't have that in my school. There's a North Dakota one that was was commissioned by North Dakota. Right? It's just North Dakota <laughs> right. geography and history. They always have one of these, one of these games mm-hmm. where I'm like, I never played it, and then I'll ask somebody, they'll be like, Oh, I played the living crap out of that. Mm-hmm. So this feels like like maybe young girls played it. I just had yeah. no clue. I mean. Somewhat, I mean, it, it, I'm a little surprised it's fashion designer and not horse adventure. Right. Uh, <laughs> you guys remember that one? Barbie the, horse the, adventure? The, the horse, uh, the horse subgenre. The one horse of the ra- all-time was, worst games ever released. Yeah, but there was a bunch of those. There was yeah. a bunch of those, like, horse raising, like, yeah. horse girl games. <laughs> that one was um, real bad. We had a field day with that one. Um, so anyway, Barbie fashion designer is one of them. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. I mean, sure, probably the game that... Mm. created the modern first-person shooter yeah. template probably should, should be in there. Yeah, I guess so. This, to me, is borderline. It's weird to me that this is Call of Duty for Modern Warfare and not, like, just Call of Duty as a franchise because right. all the other things seem to be franchises. Yeah. I don't, it, Why are they singling out one game? It feels like there's game? been because they want to keep giving it to Call, Call of Duty, Duty over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they it, already gave it to Call of Duty and they wanted to... And they want to keep know. giving it to him. I have a hard time believing Call of Duty wouldn't have been in the first year's nominees. There's some shady stuff going on there. I agree. With Call of Duty 4, there's something shady going on there. Because the very next one, Matt, by the way, is very much like that because it's FIFA. It's just FIFA. It's just FIFA. FIFA soccer. That's it. It's like franchise. Resident Evil was just a franchise. They didn't mm. pick a specific Resident Evil. Um, so, yeah. FIFA soccer. Yeah, I would say that probably deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. One of the most played games every year, best-selling games every year. Um, it certainly is the pinnacle of video game soccer, video game football. It probably deserves to be on there, and they've mm-hmm. been doing it for a long time, and it has been good all along. FIFA has never really sucked, like, ever. Well, we'll see what happens. What? Well, now that they're out of EA's oh, right. and doing Well, now it's not licensed and... FIFA. Well, now you're right, because someone else is going to pick it up, Yeah. and it could suck. So now is the right time to try to get <laughs> yeah. that in the Hall of Fame. You're right, because this. you're right. They have, like, a one-year window to get this mm-hmm. award in before someone else takes it over, and it could suck. And yeah, it's, it's either going to probably be really good or really bad. Yep. We'll see. So to your point about the, some of these are timely, the next one is The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. 
How do you feel about that? Being in the video game Hall of Fame, I say no. I could not possibly care less, but sure, why not? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's an all timer. It's going to be referenced in in his, video game history things forever now because it's going to be the the template for how you adapt a video game into another medium. Um, it tracks as much as anything. Uh, as much as anything? No way. You have games that build a genre, started a genre. It's not equal footing. Don't care. This is one of the most important. <laughs> one of the most important games of his generation I mean, because it's, of the look, impact it's going it, to have. Look, it has great a great story, and I've, if there's anything that it does better than any other game, it's storytelling and creating mm. characters, believable characters, a believable world. There are things that it does better than any, any other game for sure. But I, I feel like you have to split hairs to make to make this a Hall of Fame game. I don't. I mean, if you're already nominating Barbie fashion designer, <laughs> touche. Uh, clearly, the 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 bar is not that high. Well, um, I mean, look. Okay, in context of the other nominees, I could argue any game could be a nominee. Now you're getting it. But <laughs> I'm I'm not looking at this in the con. I'm looking at the context of like my experience having played these games. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not looking at it in terms of just how you played the games. They're looking at it in terms of the importance of the game to the to the medium. And in terms of that, Last of Us is top echelon because of what just happened with hbo well the more we go through this it feels like they're putting games on this list because they have interest in pop culture like it really doesn't feel like they're trying to create a definitive hall of fame list here which again doesn't matter yeah like this is not a serious endeavor yep and never has been um and then after the last of us nba 2k also I, i'm assuming they're they mean that as a franchise not just the first last of us in i don't know case. actually well, it the just, only it's thing just they, the Last of Us. The only thing they're calling out as an individual game seems to be Call of Duty Four. Yeah, and I guess GoldenEye 007, But like, I can see why you'd want to specifically be saying GoldenEye and not all James Bond games because those are two very different things. They are, yeah. <laughs> well, it's also because they've been made by different developers. Yeah, there's no and, consistency there. Right. So, like, calling that is one thing. Calling out one Call of Duty game is weird. Yep. So I would assume all of these are supposed to be um, franchises other than Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, much like FIFA, NBA 2K, the definitive basketball simulation. Sure. Um, if FIFA's in there, I feel like this game probably deserves to be in there. I believe Madden's already in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll be done because they're not going to induct a hockey game. I could tell you that already. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I think that'll be it for the sports run. Um, and then after NBA 2K, Quake. This, I'm assuming, is fr- a franchise I would thing. It have to be franchise. This, to me, definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah, kind of, you know, certainly in terms of trailblazing. Yeah. Um, certainly more worthy than some of the other games in this list of nominees. And then the last nominee, and I'm surprised that this is in here, and I think this is like people like us finally having some influence on this list, is Wizardry. Mm-hmm. Which most of you guys probably don't even know what Wizardry is, but it was a wireframe, almost like a Vectrex style wireframe 3D dungeon crawler RPG. The first one was, yeah, yeah. and then, and then they, it, be- they became more more pixel art yeah. as time went on. The but wireframe the- one, me and my friends, we played that. And it was so hard. It mm-hmm. may be the first oh, yeah. Dark Souls, actually. <laughs> like, I mean, it's the first party-based RPG game. It was so hard. Like, you, and it, it took forever because back then the PCs were so clunky. Like, if you died, it took like eight minutes to like reload the game, and like, it you had to want it to play Wizardry. And mm-hmm. I had a friend who had it, and like he. And I and two other of our friends would just sit around his PC trying to play that game. We would get to, like, there was this one wizard who would wipe us out, and we never beat him. 
He'd show up, he'd cast like two spells and wipe us out, and we could and there's no guides back then. Mm-hmm. There's no one to, there was even no one to talk to because playing games back then was so niche. There was nobody else playing wizardry that we knew. There was no one to ask for help, and we just never beat the guy. It to get, still to this day, I've never beat that wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, so do you think wizardry is worthy? I think it is. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Wizard, Wizardry three is the reason JRPGs exist. Yeah. All of JRPG, like as you think of like Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, they're based on Wizardry Three. Yeah, like that's where all the trope, like the, the basic tropes and basic game mechanic ideas of like early console J- J- JRPGs comes from. Yeah, and like obviously they've evolved a lot since then, but Wizardry still has a huge following in Japan. Wizardry Eight and or Nine were the last one that did very well in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's there. That's a very very important series. Yep. Okay, so of those nominees, and I'll go through them very quickly again, Wii Sports, GoldenEye, Age of Empires, Angry Birds, Barbie Fashion Designer, Call of Duty 4, FIFA, The Last of Us, NBA 2K, Quake, and Wizardry. Of all those nominees, we now need to pick four winners. I'll go through mine right now. I can do it very quickly. I'm going to go GoldenEye 007, FIFA, NBA 2K, Mm. How are we, are we picking these, what, for our own yeah, personal? Yeah, our personal picks, yeah. And my last one comes down to either Quake or Wizardry. I'm going to go Wizardry. Hmm. I just think it's more innovative. So those are my four. GoldenEye, FIFA, NBA 2K, and Wizardry. What about you, Matt? And you guys can feel free to pick your four as well I mean, if you want to a, in the chat. We'll look at them and see what you guys say. do-over for me. Um, I'll say Goldeneye. Mm, I'll say Goldeneye, Age of Empires, Call of Duty Four, and Last of Us. Okay. Quake was never that important to me. Yeah. It wasn't important to me, but I think it was pretty important. Oh, it's very important. Just, yeah. I just it Quake was never my prefer. I always liked Unreal better. Okay, That's um, totally fair. By the way, I was an Unreal or Doom or- I, and Doom. Well, Doom also. I was I was a marathon kid. Mm-mm. So okay. Because I had a Mac. Yeah. But, like, no. The id, the id games never really grabbed me. Um, they're just too slippery and fast for me. I was more interested in sort of the the environments and the and the storytelling to some degree, which Unreal and especially Marathon did more. Um, I even liked Unreal Tournament more than Quake 3 when that big fight yeah, came, that came up. Yeah, thing. I'm sorry. Quake 3 had nothing that that matched facing worlds. Yeah. Like, that was just yeah, a I different agree. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I liked Wizardry, but Wizardry was just, I mean... I didn't have access to a lot of it because I didn't have an IBM PC back mm-hmm. in the day. And uh, those games were largely too hard to be fun hard to me. balls, yeah. Yep. They just kept us coming back from I played order. Ultima more than that. Yeah. Because you know? one of... And Might and Magic. I think, I think the Might and Magic games were more... Uh, they were evolutions of Wizardry, the party-based RPG, and they worked a little smoother. Back Even, when games used to come on floppy disks this big and you get like 10 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to keep taking them out and putting them in. Took forever to boot anything. So between you and I, we only had one game that we agreed on, and that was GoldenEye 007, which mm-hmm. means guaranteed it's not going to make it. <laughs> so I would, it means what's, it's voted on by like just internet people. Yeah, it's like just. I think GoldenEye will make that. You think so? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Matt and I only had GoldenEye uh, in common, uh, which I think maybe shows that they maybe did a decent job picking the nominees. But again, you can go back to last year's nominees, and there's still like five or six games on that list that I'm like, yeah, those should be in there as well. 
And it is weird that they're not recycling these games again because I think they've jumped on this so late that they're just like, man. Well, I think they're just trying to get new people involved in each one. You know, there's like new communities. Yeah, and... yeah, new communities, new developers, new publishers. Like mm-hmm. that's, I think that's what that is. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's see if you guys, any of you guys, picked your winners. Uh, okay, here we go. Chat's saying they do recycle them. That uh, it takes several years before they go into the hold- holdover nominees. They do recycle them, says Veritas. Every few years? I mean, does that matter? <laughs> like, if no, it's every no, few years? I mean, none of it matters. <laughs> it's it's a completely pointless thing. Let's see. Erebus Jones. Age of Empires, Goldeneye, Quake, and Call of Duty 4. So his is actually like a mashup of the two of us, basically. Um, Kevin Rafa, FIFA, NBA, Wii Sports, and Last of Us. Okay. Um, downtown CM Brown, Last of Us, Quake, Call of Duty 4, Goldeneye. Lots of Call of Duty 4, so people have a different perspective on that than I do. Um, Swan Senpai, The Last of Us, FIFA, Wii Sports, and I forget the rest. <laughs> Ed Rock, The Truth, is a hardcore FIFA player. The game hasn't been good, especially next-gen version. Yeah, I mean, look, you're going to argue that it hasn't been good. It sells $20 million every year, and, the, and half of those people think it's amazing. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, God of Gamblers 33, Angry Birds, interesting. Last of Us, Wii Sports, and Call of Duty 4. Um, Vertex Complex, I'm going to vote for Wii Sports for the GOAT. Wow, that's a lot of faith. Very Gooster. I mean, I can kind of see that out of that list. Yeah? Not not greatest of all time, of all time, of all everything. Of that list, you mean? But of that list, like, I mean, that thing was a juggernaut. Like, people used to carry Wiimotes around with them yeah, yeah. out when they went out in case we all ended up somewhere <laughs> it playing Wii Sports. Out. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it was a it was a cultural shift. Yeah. Look, I think it's, it's generation. I don't like the game that much, yeah. but it was like, you can't deny that. I think a lot of it's generation was how old you are. Like, most yeah. people who are watching this right now or on our stream weren't even maybe alive when Wizardry came out. Like, yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of it comes down to. And um, I'm not saying go play Wizardry right now. Like, yeah. It's, that's a... You yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to ruin your that. afternoon. We're not saying game of the year. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, it just, of, we didn't know any better. Yeah, is, there's a lot more Angry Birds in here than I thought. Look, God of Gambler says it. Very Gooster has Angry Birds. I'm surprised. I mean, Angry Birds, like, I don't, I wouldn't pick it for like my personal favorite, but like it was an important game. It's one of the, I'd say it's one of the three original like mobile games everybody played along with Words with Friends and Fruit Ninja. Yeah. Very Gooster, we all have those Wii Sports stories, basically. We do. Because it wasn't just us. It was like, it crossed over yeah. into was, mainstream, like, we have big the Wii, time. It's just like the Rock Band stories. It's yeah. like, it was of a time. Yeah. It was that moment. Yeah. And now there's no equivalent. No. I was glad I was there for it, though. It was a lot of fun when it lasted. Um, Barry Lomax, I was minus eight when Wizardry came out. Mm. Yep. <laughs> That's what I thought. And to be clear, the first Wizardry that he would even, you should even attempt to touch is three yeah like wizardry one is you it's don't archaic. even know what you're looking at. it's like ultima one you're like what yeah i don't know that's what... supposed and to the, what and the and the end game <laughs> is to build a space shuttle yeah and now i'm fighting tie fighters like yeah. what ultima <laughs> one is a trip man yeah like, it, it's it a is. very different thing yeah. uh so i think that one one it shows that you know just looking at your responses and mass responses and, and my it, a lot of it just depends on when you grew up who you're hanging around with? What games were your friends playing? What games were your friends not playing? What social groups were you hanging around with? Were they anti PlayStation? Were they anti Nintendo? Were they anti Sega? Like all that stuff plays into what ultimately we believe uh, should be the best games of all time, which result in games making it into the Hall of Fame. So 
I would run the video game Hall of Fame way different than the way they're running it now. Um, because you let's mean be you honest, put a list Matt, of the Hall of Fame inductees on your website? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> to Matt's point, if somebody like Matt doesn't think that it matters, they're doing something wrong. Yeah. They're doing something very wrong. That's just all there is to it. If you have someone who loves games as much as Matt does, who thinks the video game Hall of Fame is irrelevant, that's a bad sign. So, year two, I'm complaining about the video game Hall of Fame once again. But I think, do think it is a fun exercise to kind of go through these games, figure out which ones really resonate with us personally, based upon our life experiences and what our personal interests are, and see if they line up with theirs. And generally, I think they do, because again, there are so many great games out there that still haven't been recognized for this. Um, so... You know, my guess is for the next 20 or 30 years, they're going to have viable entries. Like, for example, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Matt, mm -hmm. for a lot of people, like that is, it's, it's run out of steam. Yeah. Like, to me, it isn't because I like alternative music. Like, a lot of my favorite bands still haven't made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. New Order and Joy Division still aren't in there, although I think they may have just been nominated this year. But there's literally hundreds of bands that I love and worship that will never make it into the Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame. Okay, so for instance, Angry Birds was nominated the first year they ever did this. So what year it was that? did not win. That was 2015. Okay, so it took eight years for it to come back around. Yeah, I was looking at... Okay, so 2015, Doom, well, the, the winners were Doom, Pac-Man, Pong, Mario Brothers, Tetris, and World of Warcraft. And... Hold and then there were holdover finalists for the second year, which was Zelda, Oregon Trail, The Sims, Sonic, Space Invaders, Minecraft, Pokemon Red and Green. And the new ones for that year were Grand Theft Auto 3, Elite, Final Fantasy, John Madden, Nurburgring, uh, Sid Meier Civilization, Street Fighter 2. So there are holdovers every year. I don't know if there are this year. But it takes years and years for them to come back into the... It can. Early on, they were just cycling over. So the holdovers this year are Angry Birds, FIFA, GoldenEye, NBA 2K, and Wii Sports, who have all been nominated before. Where were, What year were they nominated? I'm looking. Um, NBA 2K was first nominated in 2019. Oh, so it hasn't been that long. Four years. Um, GoldenEye was first nominated in 2020. That's only three years. Okay, so they're doing better than I thought then. Um, Call of Duty has been nominated several times and has never won. Has so it, it always been Modern Warfare? No. So in 2018, Call of Duty, just Call of Duty the was franchise. nominated. And then it was re-nominated in 2021. 2021? I mean, yeah, they'd be smart Along with FIFA. <laughs> FIFA was, was re-nominated in 2021. Okay. They right. both didn't win. Um... And then... It really seems like there's no rhyme or reason to it at all. Not really. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I'm trying to find where Wii Sports was. It's all willy-nilly. Wii Sports is a holdover, apparently, but I don't see it. Wii Sports was originally nominated in 2017. Okay. So, so it's just random. There doesn't seem to be yeah, any no kind of... no rhyme or reason to any Maybe there's an internal voting process or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the actual Hall of Fame is Space War, The Oregon Trail, Pong... Colossal Cave Adventure, Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Centipede, Donkey Kong, Ms. Pac-Man, Microsoft Flight Simulator, King's Quest, Tetris, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, Super Mario Brothers, The Legend of Zelda, Microsoft Solitaire, John Madden Football, Street Fighter 2, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sid Meier Civilization, Super Mario Kart, Mortal Kombat, Doom, Pokemon Red and Green or Blue, uh, Tomb Raider, Final Fantasy 7, specific game, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, specific game. 
Starcraft, Dance Dance Revolution, The Sims, Animal Crossing, Bejeweled, Grand Theft Auto 3, specific game, Halo, World of Warcraft, and Minecraft. The most recent game, that was in order of release, not order of not of, of, were, of induction. Yeah. So the most recent game in the Hall of Fame is Minecraft 2011. Yeah. So there's no so this would make, reason. So this would make Last of Us uh, the most recent game, because that's 20, yeah. 2013. Yeah. If it wins. If it actually if it were to get in, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So it's all over the place. It seems like there's any rhyme or reason to how they're doing things over there. No. Still a fun exercise, I and think. And the, the original the winners for the first year were Doom, Pac-Man, Pong, Mario Brothers, Tetris, and World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good I mean, this is, it's a solid list. Um, you know, kind of a pretty good mix of classics. and Yeah, there's and nothing that really There's only out. one game on, that, on all the nominees I've never heard of, and that is Nürburgring. Which I'm guessing is a racing which game. Which is a racing game from <laughs> 1976. Wow. I've never heard of that game. It's an arcade game. Wow. But it didn't win. It was just a nominee. No, it was just nominated. And it was the inspiration for Night Driver. I know Night Driver. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Look at that thing. Wow. This is is (laughs) an arcade game as old as I am. (laughs) It's crazy. I played a a pinball game as old as I am over the weekend. I was at a pinball bar. And um, uh, they had uh, Elton John... Um, an Elton John pinball machine from 1976. No way. <laughs> um, and it was. Was it called like Rocket Man or something? No, it was. Uh, I have to look at. It. I have to find the pic. I took a picture of it because it was <laughs> Captain Captain Fantastic. Oh, okay. Um, it's just, you know, so him. The, the thing that I thought was very amusing is like, so it's him in his you know his his, his crazy high, outfit, his crazy outfit, and his boots and his and all that, and. You look down at the board, and all the bumper targets are like girls making boob jokes. And it's like, it's <laughs> like, ru- buzz them buzzers, champ. Feel them bumpers. And it's all like, like cartoon boobs <laughs> hanging over the, the board. Irony. And I'm like, okay. You think he signed off on that? I don't know if he was. <laughs> it was 1976. Was he even sober enough to sign off on it? I don't know. Rock That's stars, hilarious. man. They, they didn't. They, it's like, sure. The thing I did like about it is it had a mechanical <laughs> scoreboard. Oh, it has the rollovers the going. Turn, yeah, yeah. I enjoy that. Sweet. Anyway, there you go. Those are this year's Hall of Fame nominees. We'll follow up next whenever they announce the winners, and we'll just mention it in like the housekeeping at the early part of the show. But uh, there you go. Those are the games that are up for nominations for this year. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about what ultimately has turned out to me, or for me, to be one of the most pleasant surprises of 2023 so far. And I know it's early and there may be more, but so far, this is probably the most pleasant surprise for me, maybe other than PlayStation VR 2 of the year. And that game is Bayonetta Origins. And that's really, really? the part you need to remember. Yeah. Because you were not interested in this at all. Yep. Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon. It is a, and I'll just get the B-roll going now because it, it the pictures will speak a million words. It is an indie ish styled origin story for Bayonetta that basically explains how she grew up, how she became a witch, how she became who she was. But the genre of the game is entirely different and in all honesty, unique. So the first thing I'm going to say before I start talking about this game is I have never really been that interested in being a game developer, but in the back of my mind, I've had a couple ideas for games that have been kicking around in my brain for years and years. And one of them, this game does. So one of the games that I've had in my mind for forever is a game where you fight animals, basically. You're 
you you control two characters at once. You have a human that you control with the left side of the controller, and then the animal that you control with the right side of the controller. When I first came up with the idea for this game, it was during the GameCube era where you had the GameCube triggers where you could squeeze it and you get one function and then click it to get another function. And so my idea was you control the human with the left analog stick, both the human and the animal had attacks, but they were very simple, but just two a piece. So one human attack, you could just hold the trigger and the second human attack, you click it. Same with the animal on the right. And then the human and the animal are tethered together based upon um, with a leash. And mm-hmm. you could use that leash a little bit like, um, what was the Platinum game with? Oh, Astral Chain. A little bit like Astral Chain, where you could also use the tether between the human and the animal to kind of clothesline enemies. And so that was my idea. That is what this game is. It is a game where you control two characters at the same time. One of them, which is Bayonetta, is mapped to the left side of the controller. And the other one, which is the demon, is mapped to the right side of the controller. And each one of them has their own abilities. Now, they're not tethered together like my idea was with the leash. Um, But it's this thing where you have to... It takes a while for your brain to accept it and work around it. It's kind of like learning how to play the drums in rock band. Like, you can't get your foot and your hands working at the same time. And then suddenly, one day, you can. And that's the way it was playing this game. The first hour or two I played this, it was so weird because it's just, you're controlling two characters at once and they're kind of opposite each other. And so at first, like I would be able to control one, but the other one would just like run off of the screen. After like an hour and a half though, I got to the point where I could really control both characters at the same time. And the game does a masterful job of building the challenges as you go through the game so that at first you can be that idiot who's only controlling one and the other one is running off the screen. But as you get better at it and your brain learns to acclimate to it, they start giving you challenges where you literally have to control both characters at the same time and do intricate inputs and movements with each character separately at the same time. It is a revelation. It's not for everybody. I can see a lot of people picking this game up and in the first hour being like, what the hell? My brain is like bending. So this is more like intricate than like brothers? Yes, it is. Yeah. Like as far as like, so that's the other analog to this game. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Um, Is that the subtitle? Tale of Two Sons? Um, It's that way in that you're working together and like there's lots of puzzles where one of them stands on this plate while the other one goes and does their thing and then stands on that plate and then that raises up the elevator. But this game is more about controlling them both at the same time simultaneously than Brothers was. Brothers had that, but this game after the first hour and a half that's pretty much the whole game. Um, and so I was pleasantly surprised by this game. Now, the story, the way the story is told and how long it takes to get through some of the story segments, it feels like it's made for kids at times. Like, the writing is, like, very Nintendo-y, um, very PC. Um, it's not, it doesn't really align with the Bayonetta franchise all that much. What it feels like is that Platinum had the idea and they're like, we don't know like what to slap on this. Oh, well, Bayonetta might work. It probably works better than our other IP. That's what it feels like to me. I like, mean, it would certainly get you funding quicker than than just like generic a new IP, right? Yeah. And so nothing it, about this really seems like it needs to be Bayonetta. No, it doesn't. It, 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 it you're right though. It will help build interest in it. But generally, you're right. Like it could have been anybody. And the origin story of Bayonetta, as it turns out, is not all that interesting. Like her mother has been, she's a witch. 
But her mother basically... <laughs> her sister was a witch. <laughs> Wicked witch of the East, bro. Well, her mother was a witch, and she did the dirty with this other race. <laughs> and so Bayonetta is the first, like, hybrid being between witch and this other species. She wore a crown and came down in a bubble, Doug. <laughs> Come on, bro. And so she's kind Grow of been, up. She's kind of been ostracized. Her mom has been captured and has, like, been taken away. So the whole goal of the game is to find your mom. And since your mom has disappeared, there's this other woman who's, like, been taking care of you and mentoring you and turning you into a witch and teaching you about your mom and your dad and blah, blah, blah. And she's very overbearing. And there's this hidden forest that you're never supposed to go into. But, of course, you get in a little argument with your babysitter. And you're like, well, screw her. I'm going into the hidden the hidden forest. And that's how the whole game starts. All so, this magic and nobody can fix eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, so, anyway, you play as Bayonetta with the left side of the controller. You play as the demon, which you're seeing now on the right side of the controller. And... The demon handles all your combat while Bayonetta hands all, handles all the magic. So you saw earlier, there's like these little things that pop up and there's like this little music and rhythm game that you play. Um, that's what you do with Bayonetta. Like she can bring things to life. She can like reconstruct bridges across gaps. And during combat, she can bind the enemy. So vines will come up from the ground and will hold the enemy in place. Then you bring the demon over to dole out all the damage. And sort of win the the skirmish or whatever. Bayonetta herself really has very limited ability in combat. Like, you really have to rely on the demon to do all the heavy lifting as far as combat is concerned. Bayonetta is more for the puzzle solving and the, the puzzle platforming. Because really, this is a puzzle platformer more than anything. Like, you are trying to figure out how to use the abilities of the two different characters separately to build a bridge or to unlock this platform or to raise or to lower platforms or to make the vines go away to open up a new area bayonetta also has this ability to go into like an alternate reality so she'll go into this reality where things change and then she has a spell that she can use to make stuff appear that shouldn't be appearing in those worlds and that opens up a whole other section of puzzle solving um her cat, her her demon's name is Cheshire, and the reason it's called Cheshire is because the demon took over her stuffed animal. Normally, demons have to go into human beings, but for whatever reason, her demon managed to go into her little cat stuffed animal named Cheshire, and so that's why she calls the demon Cheshire throughout the entirety of the game. Um, as you play, both Bayonetta and Cheshire have their own skill trees. Now they're very simple. I think there's eight or nine upgrades total. For the two characters throughout the course of the game so there's very simple rpg elements but they are there um so what, what i was talking about earlier the music and rhythm stuff that's called her witch pulse and the witch pulse in this game it actually took me a while to figure out how to do it so some of this early b-roll i kind of fumble around with it a little bit um but it's basically just this circle that appears and you need to tap the stick in the direction on time with the orb that spins around the circle and then really it's context sensitive like her which her witch pulse you never really know what it's going to do because it could do so many different things now here's an example of a puzzle so your beast cheshire cannot go through that section down below where there's that gas so you run bayonetta through it on her own you separate the two then you send him around he's the only one who can break down these barriers so she does her thing she goes through the gas only she can go through he does his thing he goes through he breaks down all the barriers and then they come back together and this 
type of aesthetic carries the entire game. That's how it works. And like the two can only get so far apart. And that's like one of the parameters you have to work around. Um, you can call them back together at any time. Um, and that's really handy in combat because sometimes like you can get them separated. You have Bayonetta way over to the left side of the screen. And then the demon gets all the way to the right because he's attacking some enemy. You can just tap the L1 button and they'll reform and come back together. As, and they call it carry mode because when they're together, she actually is just carrying her little doll around with her. And this just opens up myriad possibilities for puzzles inside this game. What do you think of the art style, Matt? I like it okay. Yeah, it's that's how I a... feel too. It's like some scenes look good. Some scenes it's really hard to tell what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. It all kind of bleeds together. It's hard to figure out like, is this something that I can run on or I can jump on? Or is it just something in the background that I can see when I, and there's no, like the death perception can be difficult in this at times. The way the art is. Um, let's see. Yeah. As you play, you collect like vitality petals. That increases like Cereza's maximum health. There's these other flowers that you collect that build up her maximum magic meter. Um, basically, once you're into this forbidden forest, it's all run by fairies. And it's, it's weird to play a game where the fairies are bad guys. I don't know if I've ever... Usually they're the good guys that you're fighting on your side, but in this one, they're the bad guys. Not in folklore. Yeah. No, that's true, though. You're right. Generally, in folklore, fairies are evil creatures. And in this, they are as well. Um, but I was just pleasantly surprised by this. I get totally hooked on this game. I've now played it for probably 10 hours, and I'm not even halfway through the game. It's very easy to tell because at a certain point, they give you four very specific objectives to accomplish, and I've only accomplished like two of them at this point. So best case scenario, I'm halfway through the game and I've already played like 10 hours. So it's a pretty beefy game. Now the catch here, Matt, this game is $60. I didn't expect that. That's insane. I was thinking this was going to be a 30. Mm-hmm. And that's the big barrier. I would never, ever recommend that somebody spends $60 on this game. Because let's be honest, this is an indie game that Platinum was making and they slapped Bayonetta into the game and was like, okay, Maybe now it will sell. The truth of the matter is, it should sell all on its own because it's awesome. I cannot believe that. You're right. I slagged this game when we first saw it. I was like, what the hell is that? And to a certain extent, I was kind of right. It was like a little indie game with Bayonetta slapped on it, which was one of the big criticisms that I gave it. And it turns out that is the case. Um, but the creativity that went into it, I can't believe this is a platinum game, first of all. They've never made anything like this. So I don't know if it's like they're young guys at their studio. They're like, we have a concept for this. And they're like, well, we'll give you 10 dudes in 12 months. See what you come up with. And this is what they came up I'm not sure how it worked that this became one of Platinum's games. But as you can see, as you start to play, the enemies become, they change. So before, this guy didn't have a shield. Now he does. So now you have to approach him from behind when you try to attack him. Um, but you can see here, so Bayonetta... She'll trap with her vines, then you bring over the demon, and then you can attack the guy once he's trapped by the vines. And that's kind of how all the combat plays out in this. And again, as you play through it, you can level up both Bayonetta and the demon, and the demon will get, like, finishers. <coughs> um, he'll get, like, pounce attacks, like, stuff that's, like, dependent on, okay, if Bayonetta has the enemy held down with her vines, then that opens up a whole other list of abilities for the demon. Um... And so, again, at first when I started playing this, like, it was literally, like, trying to, like, tap the top of your head and, like, rub your belly at the same time. Like, your brain is just like, no, you're not going to do that. And after a couple hours, like, it got to the point where I was, like, a master of being able to control two characters at one time. 
like in real time while both of them are in like a fight or in a skirmish or in some cases like it gets to the point where you have to platform <coughs> with both of them at the same time hmm. and when that first popped up for me i was like oh no hell no i'm like nobody's gonna be able to do this and within two tries i beat it like it is really crazy how this game trains your brain to be able to play it like i went and just like started skimming some of the reviews and like the reviews on this are like either it's a perfect 10 or it's a five and generally whether someone thinks it's like one of the best games they've played this year or they think it's trash is whether their brain was able to get over like controlling two things at once so if you read the 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 high score reviews they're like oh my god is they're like me they're like, oh, at first it was a challenge, and then I realized, oh my god, this is brilliantly training me to use both sides of my brain at once. And if you go read the reviews of the people who are like, this game sucks, they're like, they tried to make me play do two things at once, and I was not going to do that. So this game isn't for everyone. Like, if, you're, if you like traditional games and you don't like to challenge yourself with new control schemes or just challenge your brain to, like, exercise itself in new ways, this game will drive you crazy. It really will. And even... After I had played it for 10 hours, I would still every once in a while find my brain being like, nah, like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, it got better over time. But there are still some instances where my brain was still like, no, 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 I don't think that's what you want me to do. And I'm like, yes, that's absolutely what I want you to do. So it was fun for me as someone who's played a megaton of games through the years. Um, and it's kind of, you know, honestly struggled to find new ideas and new concepts to find something like this just out of the blue. Like Nintendo sent me a code for this. I wasn't even going to like download it at first, but then I was like, well, there's really nothing coming out this week. Maybe it's good enough that I could talk about it on Game Face. And within like two or three hours, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I was going to just ignore this game. So very pleasantly surprised by this. Do you have any questions about it, Matt? Not really. I mean, it seems fairly straightforward after like your description, I would say. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to wait until it's 30 bucks. Yeah. Are you interested in playing it? Somewhat. I mean, not more than I am like Resident Evil 4 or oh, yeah, some of the other of stuff coming out in the next couple of months, but it does seem like something I might be interested in revisiting once like, you know, another doldrum hits. It is ludicrous to ask $60 for this game, by the way. I mean, completely ludicrous. Nintendo's publishing this, by the way. Mm. This was developed by Platinum. So it's never going on sale. Right. That's what, what I'm getting at. Like, if you're going to wait for it to go on sale, you're probably going to be waiting for a really long time. And the art in the game, it's hit or miss. Like, sometimes it's just really garish. Like, the demon, like, the other thing, too, and you may be noticing the demon looks different now. Mm. The demon has different forms. So, the right face buttons on the right side of the controller, you can tap those and automatically go into his new form. Like, the first new form that you get is he's wooden. And that allows him to, he was kind of peeling off those pea pods and, like, pulling on, like, doorknobs and ripping doors open. Like, those are the abilities that you get when you get the wood form. And so he ends up getting several different forms that you can swap through. And he is on a cooldown, so you can't just leave him in wood form. Like, he only lasts for so long. And then you have to go back to the carry form where you're actually holding the doll. And then it'll recharge his wooden abilities, and you can then deploy him again as a wooden. Now, if you use him as his default state, you can use him as long as you want. It's only when he goes into his alternate states that they're on a cooldown and he can only it only lasts for so long. And that's for the puzzle solving because they've gave it to you forever. Like it just it would make the game way too easy. So um yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised by this game. Um Vincent says, Why do you complain that nothing is innovative? And then when something is innovative, complain it's indie like and not worth full price. I don't know what you mean. I mean, I know what you mean. 
Like, what he means? Yeah, if it's if it's innova- as innovative as you say, why wouldn't it be worth paying that extra the, a full price for something that really did finally think outside of the box in a way that other games don't? Because it's it falls short in a bunch of other ways, like its presentation values. If this was if this had the presentation values of a God of War, or they put a big budget behind it, yeah, it would be worth sixty dollars. This is an indie game that had a cute idea. So I guess if you if you look at it that way, you're just saying anything that's interesting deserves x amount of dollars regardless of how much effort went into it i guess that i don't prescribe to that perspective so so you don't think the innovation level on this um is worth 60 dollars no. is worth 60 dollars given the execution in play. right given the other shortcomings it's not no hmm. now if this game weren't didn't have the innovative mechanics in it um i wouldn't say it was worth even like 30 dollars. Well, i imagine you wouldn't even be talking about it right, right now i wouldn't so yeah, I mean, if this, if these ideas, like if my animal fighting game ever came to be, and I got like a $100 million budget for it, and it had all the production values of big budget games, and it had ideas like this that were executed like this, yeah, it would be worth 60 bucks. But it's not. They didn't. Like, the, they did not have the A Bayonetta team working on this. Like, this is their little side team. Um, and to me, Is no. it because their side team sucks? Well, Maybe one this of is somebody does. else. <laughs> one of them does. <laughs> their C team definitely sucks, that's for mm-hmm. sure, as we saw with um, some of their recent games that they've released. Um, but yeah, this game, so I've played this game for 10 hours. I'm about halfway through it. I don't know if it's 20 hours long. I'm guessing it's probably a little less than that, roughly. Um, so the playtime is fine. Um, I think for a 60 hour game, probably the playtime is fine. The other thing I would say, too, is. They do mix things up a little bit with the different types of the demon eventually. Uh, just over 10 hours to complete. Oh. Although 19 hours if you do everything. Oh, okay. I mean, that doesn't seem right, honestly. Because again, I've accomplished two of the four big objectives in the game and I've already played it for almost 10 hours. Mm, main. St- uh, how long to beat says the main story is 13 and a half hours. There you go. Main plus sides, 19 hours. Completionist, no entry yet. Yeah. So the game length little short for 60 bucks but that's not my big complaint my big complaint is that they've just cut corners with presentation and other parts of the game like um i don't know if you saw in the b-roll at the bayonet is eight feet tall i didn't know that i didn't know that either i had no idea interesting i mean it's hard to tell how tall anybody is in those yeah as you can see here there's also crafting so when you get to a save point you can save you can craft and then you can also choose to play through like these horde mode things so there's like horde mode sections in the game where you go into an arena they close the door, you're trapped, and then they just flood it with enemies, and you need to beat all the enemies. Well, you play those in the campaign, and then after you've played through them in the campaign, when you get to a save point, you can choose to replay them to try to better your time and get better times. So the save points in this aren't just about saving. You can you can save, um, but also there's these other options. You can craft there, and it does kind of suck that you can't craft until you get to a save point, admittedly. Um, but you can you can do that, and you can replay kind of these horde mode, these little challenges that you play through the campaign. But they're identical to what you just played in the campaign. So I tried it once to just try it for the purposes of evaluating the game and never really tried it again. I can see where maybe some people might... I didn't see any online leaderboards either where you could see like, oh, one of my friends completed this challenge in 50 seconds. And so now I want to beat... Like, I didn't see any of that in the game. And I might, my Switch was connected uh, to the internet. So here's one of the first examples of... Okay, you have to control the guy on the right with the right analog stick and then your character on the left with the other analog stick and go through this gauntlet of platforms. They're even jumping in this one. 
This is just running on platforms with the two at the same time. Later on, you get to the point where you have to platform and jump with both of the characters at the same time and navigate enemies and things like that. Um, so again, incredibly innovative, incredibly some new ideas, some new concepts. Worth 60 bucks? No. Um, it, I don't know if you noticed at the B-roll at the beginning. The way the story is told in this is just like stills. There is a lot of voice acting, I'll say that much. They do voice most of the quote-unquote cinematics. Um, but they're boring and dull, and they're dragged out. Like they take like five screens to say something they could have said in one screen. Typical games that are targeted at a younger audience. They try to make it more obvious. Very Fire Emblem engage. Yeah. It doesn't work so much for adults um, from that perspective. But again, the story in this isn't really the highlight. Uh, the highlight of this is what you're seeing right now. Like playing as two characters at the same time. Um, and it does take some getting used to. It takes a while before you can get used to it. But I've had a blast. Uh, but to Vincent's point, like, it's not a AAA game or a big budget game. It's an indie game with a cool concept that is mostly explored. So what I was getting at earlier, too, is that after a while, they do kind of run out of concepts. As far as, like, puzzle types and ways to use the two characters, they do mix it up by giving you the different types for the demon, like the wood type and all the different transformations that you have. But for the most part, they do kind of squeeze the puzzle ideas pretty dry after like the first five or six hours and it does get a little bit repetitive um after that um but you know i would not spend 60 dollars on this game if you could find it one day for like 30 i think that's probably the sweet spot for it but it sounds like you're gonna spend 60 dollars probably on the game yeah which is nintendo which means it's like a non-starter like i don't mm. understand it like why they would do that it it's not the outlay the cash outlay to develop this game is not 60 bucks like you don't need to sell it for 60 bucks you shouldn't have to to make to make it a profitable game because you spent so less so much less developing the game so it's a tough um again nintendo sent me a code for this would i would i be pissed off if i had paid for it yeah if i had spent 60 bucks on this i'd be pissed off um, because you can just tell there's not 60 dollars worth of work in this game so Again, I think $30 is the sweet spot. It is a Nintendo published game. It hardly ever drops the price of its if it, the games it publishes. So I don't know. I feel like the game's gonna just be kind of left in limbo. Maybe future they do some big eShop sale where you can get a little cheaper, maybe. Uh, but I would say like keep an eye on it. Like it, in the coming like years, and it may take years before it drops in price, but in the coming like year, 18 months or whatever, anytime Nintendo has any kind of an eShop sale. Make sure that's one of the games you go and check out and see yeah, if they've actually they do, dropped it. They do drop stuff if it bombs. Yeah. And if it's and like, it might bomb. And if it's not one of their core for you know, like you're still I mean the, all the Mario games on the Wii U are still full price. Yeah. But like some of the Kirby stuff is cheaper. Right. Yeah. yeah it, it depends. So there's a possibility, and I do predict that this game is going to bomb. Like there's just looking at it, I think it's a hard sell at sixty bucks. Yeah. Like, well, I also can't. I can't even remember the name of it half the time. Yeah. I mean, Bayonetta Origins is yeah. his name. I, I just completely forget the subtitle because it's weird. She's not named Bayonetta in the game. She's called Cereza. Well, it's how she becomes right. Bayonetta. It, that's what the game's about. How She, she has to become Bayonetta. the Tomb Raider. Right. Yeah. But it is it is a little odd that she's not actually She Bayonetta. grows three feet by the end of the game. <laughs> she can have to grow more than that. You're damn short in this game. Uh, but anyway, there you go. That's Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon Cool game, fun game, innovative game, but not worth $60. All right. That takes us to our last topic for Game Face 335. And this is a game that Matt has played this week on his brand spanking new PlayStation VR 2. It is the Dark Pictures 
Switchback VR. Mm-hmm. A follow-up to, what was the PlayStation VR 1 game called? Uh, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. Rush of Blood. This game... Which was pretty obviously just something else with the Until Dawn yeah. name slapped onto it. <laughs> well, this game is the same. It's a VR roller coaster ride shooter. Mm-hmm. But instead of focusing on one of Supermassive games, it goes through all of their games. It's like an all-star so ride all the, through all of it's their... It's called an asset reuse, yeah. is what it is. <laughs> um, so I was I was looking forward to this one because I liked Rush of Blood a lot. It was, yeah. a, it was an effective use of the VR. It was like a fast-paced like shooter thing. Um, it, was, it was a good use of the move controllers. It was, like the, it was, it, it was effective. They, 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 they made it into something interesting. Um, this game sucks. Uh, I am very disappointed in this thing. Really? Um, it is. It, it is, sucks. It's awful. So it was delayed last minute. Yeah. Which was maybe I don't a know. slight red flag. I don't know what would have delayed it two weeks or whatever. Um, For it to come out now and still be in a sorry state. Yeah. There's not, I mean, well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's conceptually broken. Oh. Um, first off, I don't know much about the Dark Pictures games. Um, I've never played them. I know the guy in the hat. Um, is like kind of a he's through the, line sort yeah, of He's thing. like the narrator. He's a through right. line. Through well, all here's them. the thing. Like they also had like kind of the carnival guy in the first one that was sort of narrating and the kind of the guy who was like your host, like kind of like kind of a carnival bar. Of a bar. It was leaning into the fact you were on a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the guy in a hat in this, I'm sure he has a name. Is that the man of Medan or whatever? Mm-hmm. Is that who he is? I believe, who that, I believe is? that is who it is. Yeah. Um, he never speaks in this ever. Like he just stands around. You see him in places. Uh-huh. He'll stand and like he'll, he'll like stare at you like meaningfully and like he's that's just trying it. to be. It's trying to be creepy. Yeah. I guess. Um, and that's kind of it. Like, oh really? They don't use the music from the games from really? the dark. They don't use the dark pictures theme that I could hear. Uh, there's that's some stuff weird. that's been in. Like there's like a under like a wrecked boat with zombies. There's like thing you know things like there's a but like. It's just not interesting. It's it's so the the, the framing it, you know the, the framing in the first one is a little bizarre. So it's like okay, you're just in a carnival ride that like has stuff from Until Dawn in it, yeah. and like okay, sure, that's good enough. That's all this one know. like so you start in a in a in a train. You're on a train, a passenger train, and I I guess you're going to your father's funeral or something, and you're gonna see your sister you haven't seen in forever or something, and then. Um, the train jolts weirdly and everybody gets like, oh, and then the woman walk, it's like young woman walking past you like trips because of the jolt and knocks your coffee over onto her and gets mad at you for that. <laughs> and then like gets mad at the driver. Like, what are you doing? And then the, the train crashes. What? And the, so the game, like you, oh, and then you, and then you, from, from there you jump to the first sort of tutorial, like this part, this is where literally the train crashes and suddenly you're here. Yeah. In and, the middle of the woods shooting skulls and up in line. between, in between levels, you'll like, you'll go through into like, you'll end a level and go into a tunnel and the tunnel is like a, like a train tunnel, like a, like a, you can see it's like a subway or a train tunnel. And then you get like some hazy image of being trapped under wreckage in the turn re- in the flipped over tr- uh, train car and the guy in the hat will appear and just sort of look at you sadly and then it'll cut to a blurry version of you in the train car before the trash ag- the crash again and then it'll go to the next level yeah and that's all the context you have for what is happening um <laughs> and you just go through these levels that are like 
in uh, the Rush of Blood, like they're they're pretty intense and they're packed together and they're done like kind of a cheap roller coaster, you know, carnival thing, and it's just sort of one thing after another. I think there's a lot of downtime. These levels are long and there's like nothing nothing happening. Yeah, I noticed that. And like like this is just. It's you're again. It's like oh, you're you're rolling in the first one. You're like oh, you're rolling through like weird like chambers full of screaming pigs, and now you're going through like a nightmare version of like a butcher asylum thing. And other, this one's like you're you're at the docks, <laughs> and you're gonna very slowly roll through the docks. It seemed like there was a lot of downtime, and like yeah. eventually there will be zombies. Not too many zombies. Yeah. Just some. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, so, I mean, I know we talked about how I don't get a, I don't get scared by games, but, like, I was laughing at this so much. Not because it's ridiculous. I mean, it doesn't look very good. It's, it doesn't really look any better than the first one. Yeah, it really doesn't. It, yeah. And you can't see it in this B-roll, but it's really blurry. In yeah. the, it, it is not. I mean, using, I think you can see it in the B-roll, but it's it's worse in the headset. You're not. It's not using foveated rendering. It's not using. The, it's using eye tracking, but it's not using the eye track fo- tracking foveated rendering. And it's very. It feels like you're playing a PSVR one game. How? Um, I mean, do you think that maybe they they made the sequel for PlayStation VR one? That's possible, and they sort of upresed it. The, so here's the first enemies you've seen. It's, you've been playing this for like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you'll and you'll see here. The zombies kind of just sort of mope over, mope over, and like they'll like come up and like you want maybe you won't see them, but like you'll they'll come up like the ones on the sides, the ones you can't really see because they're to the side, but they don't hit you. They just sort of they lean, just wait. They there. lean their hands on the side of the car <laughs> like they want to talk to the manager and like moan, and you look over and it's like they're politely politely waiting for you to notice. It's kind of <laughs> shoot their head. It's off. almost adorable. Yeah. Like it's oh there you are, there they are. It's like okay, we're just, it, now it's your turn. All right, okay, Harry, yeah. And there's a lot. Uh, yeah, there's oh, a lot of. Actually, you, hit you. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of that in this game where it's just like everybody. It, it's like, you know how like you go through like a like a C tier like haunted house thing in yeah. Halloween, and like the kids dressed as the monsters jump out and rah, and you, you like, catch, oh, you catch the one guy putting out his cigarette. But you're kind of no, no. It's more like it's more like they jump out and you're kind of like, oh, that's cute. You know, that's, that's yeah. I, I like how hard he's working there. It's yeah. like it's like that. And it's, but it's like you know here we are we're still just slowly climbing yeah. and you'll see you see the this, the weird thing to me is like the score thing there you see mm-hmm. and you see the multiplier multiplier yeah. why did I say it like that <laughs> multiplier next to it so the multiplier as multipliers tend to do in score based games uh, counts down like it like it, it you know if you don't shoot anything it drops yeah and. So there's like you know you're supposed all to all the sh- dead time in this. Well, you're supposed to shoot these like things hanging around. You know, like you know, anything like, yellow, you shoot. Anything, it, right? Well, not just yellow, anything, but the yellow gives you like an extra bonus thing. But like you run out, of, they go so slow and comes to a complete stop. Sometimes that like, you're just sitting there watching your multiplier drop, oh, and there's right. no, you're out of things to shoot because you've <laughs> shot everything you can see, and you're like it's just going down now. Yeah. I don't know what, to, and it's 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 weird and stop and go, and the boss battles are like just boring like it's they're all rule of three things where you have to do the thing three times uh-huh. and it's really obvious and nothing can really do much every once in a while there's like an interesting thing like there's a couple of there's like one section in an early level where you end up in if you pick because you can pick left and right track choices and that does change something vaguely for like a minute or whatever it's mm-hmm. like you go through one room or another and there was like one thing where i went through like a house 
And lots of shooting boxes. Yeah, a lot of boxes. Lots of boxes to shoot. A lot of boxes, a lot of deer heads. Um, you to, those zombies didn't even make no, it to you. No, they were trying. They were late. They, they were supposed to be there like two minutes ago. They were going this so slow, hilarious. they thought they had time, and they didn't. It's just, it, here we are. And now, of course, here, you, have, you saw there, it's a six-time multiplier. That's a maximum multiplier. And you're just sitting here. Yeah, like, waiting for to, it to go wait, down. Just waiting yeah. for somebody to fucking do something. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wait. Look right. right down to Are five. You ready? Like, oh, you're ready to shoot. Okay, there you go. Um, wow. When I played that, I didn't realize the guy was to my left for like almost thirty seconds, and finally I heard a moan. I'm like, oh, oh, you! And I shot, and then everything caught fire. I'm like, oh, okay, that was what we were waiting for. That's funny because um, the original, the first game, was like one of the best PlayStation yeah, VR games. Yeah, it was great. It was literally one of the best games on the platform. Yeah. And it was like creepy <laughs> and had some like real atmosphere, and it was like, you know, it was. Good. How did they screw it's it so up? So boring. This is so boring because they had so much more to like work with but there's, but there's the like moments where, like, like i said there's a thing and not this level but a couple levels after where you uh go through and like there's a house and it's full of like half naked mannequin guys <laughs> and every time you blink every time you physically blink they move wait like they so, the headset that's it detects your blinking oh, really and comes they, they move changes and if you blink too many times like one of them will be up there and, and attack you, and you have to shoot it. That's kind of cool. It is cool. It's, it's very much based on. A, it's similar to that other game that like does that with the memory thing. Uh, I can't remember what, uh, the uh, eyes. It's, it's, it's a game that's the whole mechanic, the core mm-hmm. mechanic. Trouble is, once you, the problem is like it's not something that happens as you kind of like continually go through the level. The the rooms are gated because they have the the mannequin things have to do the thing they're supposed to do. So at a certain point, like I'm going through and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to blink so I can get a drop on these guys. And then I realize I'm just stuck in this room until they do. So I had to so I had to just like blink a whole bunch of times to get them to fucking do something. It was ridiculous. Oh man, it's ridiculous. Jeez, it's crazy that it's so bad. Like, I I have I've been through I went through like most of it I I never even came close to dying ever like I got it seems hit. like it's impossible it's very hard I got you can get hit and like you get like kind of bloody them honestly the only times I really would take hits is the game has a hard time deciding whether you're ducking low enough or not if you're going under an obstacle oh. that's it the enemies are not threats at all um and you can get like little you can get upgrades you get like shotguns and revolvers that do more things um. So you there's can get sli- other guns. There's other guns. Like machine guns. Yeah, and you get like you get like a thing on your wrist that shows you how many like reloads you have left. You usually get four reloads for a special weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a section where you um, you can get um, like a black light thing, and it, you shine it on the, on the wall, and you like can see where you have to shoot mm. in like black light glowing. And the annoying thing, of course, is if the black light runs out. You can't actually shoot the part that you know you're supposed to shoot because that black light has to be on it. So you just have to to fail it and try again? No, usually they just drop another crate with the the black light in it. You just pick that up and it's okay, there you go. Um, Oh, man. But it's it's this this is it. This is, you're looking at the game here. I mean, it's basically House of the Dead on. But like House, but House of the Dead with like a third of the zombies, right? Like there's no, it's and it's just everyone. It just looks so bad. Nobody, too. nobody really seems like they want to be there, even the zombies. <laughs> like, and it's oh, just like, I gotta go after him. And like this is the thing, like one, like one of the one of the levels is just a foggy rural road. It's just a foggy road. I'm sure and like, it's tied into one of the film or one maybe, of the games. Like, but yeah. like at one point you like like. That gets really foggy, and then you see like people, like shapes in the in the fog, and then like faceless versions of the townspeople start relunging out. You're like, and you just start headshotting them until they yeah. all die. But there's a, and there's a whole thing where you go, you go through this whole thing. You're going oh, go to the black cat 
black cat saloon or something mm. and you go past and like you see it's all neon lit and neon lit and you and the car just sort of slowly stops in front of the saloon which is like over to your right and i'm like okay and i'm like and then like the the night gets darker and you just hear people partying in the in the thing and then everything goes dark except for the diner sign and then the n and the r go like burn out so it just <laughs> says die and then you just hear all these screaming and i'm like what what is happening? Oh, and then man. like and then the light comes back up on the street and there's like two zombies in front of you and I shot them and killed them both in one shot. And then the car <laughs> sat there for another like 10 seconds and then started going forward. What the hell? And I'm like, "What is this?" Like I mean, Matt, I've played most of the Dark Pictures games and I do not recognize anything in this. No, I don't. Uh, there's not a single thing I've seen that I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's from that one." Like It's very strange. It is bizarre. <laughs> How much was this game? I think it was forty. Or 40 oh, okay. Or At least it wasn't like a full 50. price game. It was. It was more than it should be. I'll tell you that much. Um, this is like, going to keep you putting on your PlayStation no, VR too, the, is it, Matt? I stopped playing this game because I was so bored. I decided I should probably check my text messages. <laughs> like that is how uninvolved. Find in a this new I podcast was. to listen to. Yeah. Um, it's real bad. Yeah. I'm surprised. Which is, I, I was looking forward to This was like my number two yeah, anticipated yeah. game of the And understandably, PSVR2. because the last one was good. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. But nothing, ha- like the, I mean, it's not like the first one was a revolutionary change, you know, but it just, it was a constant thing. It was yeah, con- the pacing was like, way better. And you'd, you'd be done with it, and like you go to that, and you're like, man, do I have it in me to do another level? Because that was kind of intense. And yeah. after this one, I was like, are we, can we go, please? Like, it was I- like, like, I went, it's so crazy, Matt. So I went on uh, Metacritic. Like I, like I was like literally just sort of leaning back. I was leaning back in the, on the couch and just sort of like boing, boing. Like, like, yeah. Like I was, I mean, I'm usually uninvolved when it comes to horror games because they don't bother me or affect me very much. But this one was just like, man, coming <laughs> off the heels of talking about that last week, I'm like, there's some irony. Someone was fucking with me on this one. Cause well, was- I went to Metacritic and was reading just to check the score. And it's okay, but what really struck me was I went and read the reader reviews, and oh my god. Like, if you read the reader reviews, you would think this is the greatest game ever released, Matt. That's crazy. And honestly, I think a lot of it is people who's paid for PlayStation VR 2 and are like, dude. Yeah. Like, I need good game. This, I like, need look to at rationalize. It's like, oh, there's blood coming out of the coffin. Like, it's, it's, the imagery isn't even interesting. Like, the first one. And some had, of those reviews are like, I was oh, terrified. That, that, oh, that, that, that girl. That's the girl you spilled coffee on. Like, oh. she's the main bad guy. Is that she's so mad that you spilled coffee on her. I guess she becomes a demon or something. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Oh, and you periodically you periodically have to rescue people who like other passengers who are on the train, and if you do, they show up in the train scene uh, between yeah. levels. And then like you get a little thing that like shows you like the track you've taken so far, and like you yeah. have the option to, like replay and take other directions. I can't even imagine wanting to Some do that. Some of the reviews were like, it, "I was scared the whole time. I, I couldn't. I could only play it for like twenty minutes because it was scaring me so bad." And I'm just like, "Wait a if minute! You're scared by this the whole time. You need to." <laughs> grow up i don't know what else to tell you like there's something wrong like you you probably need some kind of like aversion the reviews were not kind to this by the way like the critic reviews the user reviews i was like wait like it's it's embarrassing like like it's especially coming off the quarry right which is like these this this team this i mean i don't know what team this was or how they were organized but this developer knows how to do horror they know i really think that this was supposed to be a sequel for playstation vr1 it it would explain some things 
Um, but it's not even as good as that. It's like I could accept that if it was just another experience that was like on par with it Russia didn't look Blood. As good as it should. It, yeah, yeah, I could overlook that if yeah. it's a you know, launch title kind of thing. Okay, it's like a cheapo. Like you know, it's just a thing that they knew would work and work before. So just do it again. Fine. But like, it's not even that. It's like, and you're, you're sitting around like there's a, early on. There's a scene where you like you run. You're in a bathroom, and you're like, oh, the doors are open. You're like, they're like banging open. You're like, oh, where are the zombies? And like. There are no zombies in the where the and they come over like they're walking across like they're walking out of them on the in the mirror and then they climb through the mirror. But you can just pop their heads as they like lean through the mirror. They don't even get near you. I don't understand it. Oh man, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, these that's are like, a shame. Oh, here, here's one of the people you have to rescue. So you have to hit these switches so the the oil all hits their the target at the same time, uh-huh. and that deactivates that, which apparently this guy failed. <laughs> I I don't know how you'd manage to that fail that. That looks so bad, Matt. I it's, mean, that literally looks like PlayStation Two. Yeah. Era. Well, there's a bunch of stuff where it's like things happening. You're like, what is that? What, yeah, I'm, like, oh, some, something's pouring. Out. But what is it? Is it blood? Is it slime? Is it goo? Is it like icker? Like, I don't know. Like, I can't tell. <laughs> oh, and then, oh, there's one, uh, one of the everyone. So even when they get a good image, you're like, it's like you go through this like covered bridge at one point, and you look up. It's all dark except for the flashlights on your guns, and you look up. And it's like there's thousands of bats like roosting in the rafters, and you're like, "Oh, what's that gonna do?" And I shoot, you know, you, shoot, you know, to, to like startle the bats. Five bats flew at me. <laughs> Five. The others, it's like the all the other bats were just like, "What? Do you mind? You want me to fly we're over try, there? We're trying. We're trying to sleep for some reason at night. We're nocturnal. Why are we all here? That doesn't even make any sense. Oh man." We need to cover bad games more often on Game Face. It's like we're very picky. We only cover the games that you guys should probably be interested it's, it's in. It's awful. It's it's just oh. like I'm not saying it's the worst thing I've ever played. Right. But it's just it's just intensely disappointing. Well, it's also compared on to the top first of the fact that you've bought PlayStation VR two. There's yeah. still no killer app for it. And like, now I'm just waiting for something else. I guess. Yeah. You know, like yeah, there's you no. Are. You know. And that's gonna be a while. I mean, I'll go back and finish Horizon and, and the yeah. Star Wars game probably, but like. Yeah, what? What? I the, can't even go back and play the play Russia Blood one, right? Because it's not to back, cleanse the palate because it doesn't work on this one. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That was supposed to be one of PlayStation VR 2's higher profile games post launch. I mean, it certainly there was reason to have, have at least some level of yeah. excitement. Yeah. I even that was one of the few games I was able to play on PlayStation VR one without feeling like I was going to puke my guts out. So, yeah. That's a shame. I think you'd, uh, feeling nauseous would actually have made me feel something. So <laughs> There you go. That's a great way to end it. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's the Dark Pictures Switchback VR. That's a huge It also away. doesn't make me want to play those games at all. Right. Like, I know it's not related. It yeah, don't take that as like, yeah. yeah. The Quarry's really, really good. If you guys haven't played that yet, you can probably find it pretty cheap at this point. I highly recommend it. If you like, if you like slasher horror flicks, mm. it's actually better than most of the slasher horror flicks that I've watched over the last. Like, Especially three or on four top years. of like the, how good the quarry looks. I mean, yeah, technically, and everything. yeah, like they can yeah. do better than this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so there you go. Stay away. And at this point, we're just like, stay away from PlayStation VR two. Yeah, I don't. I mean, what it's else are you looking forward to? to? Recommend that somebody spend the money on it. So I hope by you know this time next year. I have a different perspective, yeah, and or maybe we'll see some future stuff. Yeah, soon. I don't know. I hope. Otherwise, I know they're supposed to. They're supposed to have like a hundred in the pipeline or something. But how many of those are going to be worth looking at? They're in deep crap. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, that's the latest game for PlayStation VR 2, and it's another stay away. All right. And with that, it's time for... It's time for Name That Game, but today is a special episode of Name That Game because one of your fellow sifters contacted me and was like, hey, I'd like to put together a collection of screenshots for one of the episodes of Name That Game. And I was like, absolutely, <laughs> because I'm obviously terrible at it because you guys have guessed it on the first screenshot three weeks in a row now, or is it four? Um, well, at least three. We'll just say several. So, I have been doing a terrible job. There was a time when I got like two in a row. Yeah. That, right before that, you got you yeah. won like twice in a row. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, it's been a bumpy open for 2023 for Name That Game. We haven't had any good games. So, I was like, absolutely. And that sifter is Slagathor. I don't know if he's on the chat today. Maybe he had to work and he couldn't make it. But he sent me five screenshots for a game. And those are the screenshots that we are using for Name That Game today. Now, mm. a couple things before we get going. Uh, first of all, name that game. It's very simple. I show you five screenshots. You try to name the game before Matt. You're playing against Matt. If Matt names the game and I look over, I'll give you guys a beat or two. If it pops up in chat and that beat or two, you guys win. If not, Matt gets the victory. Now, if you win, you get a free game. Now, a couple things. First of all, if you have no interest in PC gaming, if you don't have a gaming PC, if you don't have a friend who plays PC games, don't play because the code's just going to go to waste. So, um, look, the code's yours. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I guess you could put it on Twitter or something. Yeah, I mean, you could do whatever you want with it. If you want to give it away to somebody, that's totally cool. I'm just saying, if you're not going to use the code, don't play. Because there are people who will use a code and will play the games that we give out. Another thing, the chat is set to slow mode during Name That Game, which means you can only submit a message once every 60 seconds. So... Don't start just spamming game titles in the chat hoping that you guess it right because you can only guess once every 60 seconds. Make your guesses count. And with that, I think we're ready to go. We'll see how this goes. Regardless, if you guys guessed it on the first screenshot, I still want to thank Slagathor uh, for pitching in and trying to help to make the game better. So here we go. Here is the first image. Oh, I lost my cursor here. Here is the first image for Name That Game. Hmm. Kind of looks like Jet Force Gemini. Not Jet Force Gemini. Luna Kyle clumps in the litter. No. Hmm. <laughs> that was from Wampler. It does look familiar. Final Fantasy VIII. No. Bushido Blade. No. Dragon Age Inquisition. No. Star Wars Squadron. No. Tomb Raider 2. No. Windback. No. One that's too easy. Panzer Dragoon. No. Turok. No. Goldeneye. No. Shadow of the Colossus, no. Star Wars Shadow of the Empire. These are all good guesses, by the way. No. Demon Souls, no. Time Crisis, no. Any more guesses before we go on to the second one? Those were all great guesses, by the way. Most of them were. All right. Here we go. We made it past the first image. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to give myself a round of applause. Actually, Slagathor gets a round of applause for getting us past the first one. Rogue Squadron, no. That was from Arabic Jones. Okay, here comes image number... Two. Tenchu two, no. Hmm. No guesses coming in through chat either. <laughs> Resident Evil, no. Mm -hmm. 
Extermination? Goldeneye, no. Extermination, no. Tomb Raider 2, no. 1080 Snowboarding, no. That's a good guess. Metal Gear Solid, no. PSO, no. Metal Gear Solid, no. Metal nah, Gear Solid 2, no. Doesn't look like Metal Gear Solid. Mission Impossible N64, no. Siphon Filter, no. Siphon Filter's a good guess. Tomorrow Never Dies, no. Perfect Dark Zero, no. Win Back, no. Someone else guessed that. Looks like we're going to make it damage three. 007 Nightfire, no, but that's a good guess. The Thing? SSX, no. The Thing, no. That's also a good guess, Matt. All right, we're going to image three. Slagathor, knocking it out of the park. Here we go. This should give it away. Mm. This should give it away. Is that perfect dark? Nope. It's not. Hybrid Heaven. No. <laughs> not a bad guess, though. Silent Hill 2, no. That's a good guess. Nah, it doesn't look good enough to be so. <laughs> I think you now know exactly what era the game yeah, is from. Yeah, for sure. This screenshot definitely helps with that. Half-Life 2, no. Half-Life 1, no. Body Harvest, no. No. Where's Emperor Dread? I don't think he guessed it today. A Half-Life, no. Code Veronica, no. Barbie Fashion Designer, no. <laughs> is a PSP game. It might be. I'm not sure if it was released for PSP or not, actually. Nightmare Creatures 2, no. Area 51, no. Wow, I really thought this one would give it away. I guess not. Okay. We're going on to the fourth screenshot. Wow. Went from 0 to 100 real quick. And here it is. I gave you a big hint there. Hmm. Is that a new Pokemon? No, it is not. <laughs> Who is that Pokemon? Is this the first time we've ever gotten a four? No, we've made it to the fifth screenshot before. We've made it all the way through before. <coughs> no guesses. This screenshot has had no guesses. E.T. No. <laughs> oh, we have a winner. Cinetyke got it. It is Tomb mm. Raider 3. Good job. Someone kept guessing Tomb Raider 2. In fact, they guessed it once. And then the second time they guessed it, they said Tomb Raider 2 with a question mark. And mm. I was like, no, <coughs> close, but not quite. It is Tomb Raider 3. And here is the final screenshot that we didn't get to. Bats, Matt, as you were just mm. talking about. And More then the, bats than I was attacked yeah, by. And then in the lower left there, there's Lara Croft's head. And I thought that would have given it away. Um, Barry Lomax says, what happens if no one ever got it? Well, we just nobody would win and we just... Play next yeah, week. I don't think that's ever happened. It hasn't. Yeah, we've never had nobody get it. Um, but also, let's give a round of applause for Slagathor, because he got us all the way to the fourth image. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I did play Tomb Raider 3, but for like five minutes. Most people didn't. I almost, I'll be honest with you, I almost didn't use it. Because when you get to like, is it, for example, someone's guessing Tomb Raider 2, mm -hmm. and it's like, it's not, but it kind of is. <laughs> like, you feel bad. Like, I try to pick things that are more definitive. Um, but still, it was all fair, all square, and Cinetyke won. So great job, Cinetyke. That was a great game, by the way. You guys all, that's the most guesses we've had in a long time for name that game. But it was Tomb Raider 3, and that is all courtesy of Slagathor. So thank you, uh, Cinetyke. Mm -hmm. You are our winner. Uh, you can send us a DM here on Twitch. You can send me a DM on Twitter at Dinfire. You can send Sifted a DM at Sifted Games on Twitter, or you can send me a direct message on Sifted at Shane. And we'll get your game out to you. Congratulations once again. All right. 
That opens things up for some Q&A. We have some time, well, a little bit of time. We can answer at least a couple questions if you guys have mm -hmm. them. Um, too quick, Capri, were those images upscaled? Okay, I'm glad you asked that actually because that was another reason why I almost didn't use it because it was from the definitive edition of Tomb Raider 3. Mm. So when I first, when he, when I got it in the email, I was like, oh no, that's not going to work because it won't look like Tomb Raider 3 because it'll look too good. And as it turns out, once I looked at screenshots, I was like, no, that's, no, that's, you did. <laughs> that's totally Tomb Raider 3. They, uh, so, they yeah. don't look that good. Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, it was, it was upscaled, but still, I think it was a fair game. At least I think so. Um, El Guapo 3385. I recently heard news about the completionist purchasing all third and Wii U games from the eShop. What does that mean? This is a guy, a couple people actually bought does every it mean 3DS. No, third party. Oh, third party. He bought, bought everything on the Wii U shop. Oh, he bought everything. For preservation. Oh, for preservation. Which is not, I mean, almost everything in that game is it's already. There's no, he has no question. It was no. a noble act, but it must have been a lot of work. Yeah, okay. Uh, Mello Pintor, the game not was. A lot of work. This is a, a lot of money for no good reason, really. <laughs> uh, Mello Pintor, the game was re released on PSP later. Later on, so I was like 15% right. I'm going to demand 15% of the game. I said that I think it may have been released for PSP. So no game for you. No 15% of game for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cinetite, congratulations, man. Uh, minority Games, should actors that are above 50 record goodbye lines for scenarios when an actor unfortunately passes away? Interesting. Yeah, a little morbid. A little morbid, but... So I noticed, actually, at the Oscars that they forgot a bunch of people who had past yeah they always do and some pretty prominent people i'm surprised they left out Anne hesh yeah i mean come um, on man that's yeah. crazy there's a couple i mean i'm not surprised they left out kevin conroy but they should not have left out i kevin mean that's conroy. a big omission um well he's only done one movie really. yeah but um he was batman in the best batman movie right yeah. so i'm surprised there's a lot there's several like i saw a post on social media there's like five or six people that there that i knew who they were mm -hmm. that weren't in there and meanwhile what there were people in it that I didn't know who they were that made the cut for being yeah, in the well, show. Well, obviously, a lot of the people that are like producers and costume designers. You're not going to know, but like people in the industry are going to know. It's just it's some of it, it. No one really has ever understood what determines who gets in or out of, mm -hmm. of that montage. Yeah, uh, there used to be an earlier cutoff date between. You said so someone who died like a month and a half ago wouldn't make it, and everybody would be like, well, "Where are they?" It's like, well, so they don't do that anymore. But like. Then they're like, oh, Tom Sizemore's not, but Tom Sizemore died like a week before that, so they might not. That might have actually been the cutoff date. Um, it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, but I said, there are a bunch of weird uh, omissions in that, but there always are. This year it seemed more so than prior. Yeah, years. somewhat. Um, I don't know. I also hated the presentation on that. I hated the the, the depth of field thing. Yeah, because like. You know, it starts with one in focus and the other out of focus, and then you know, while the one is in focus, the first one, I'm, my brain is just trying to figure out what the other one Me is, too. and I'm, I'm like, I'm not paying attention <laughs> to the, the first thing. person. <laughs> I did the same thing. It's, it, yeah. I'm like, it's just a, it was a, what a terrible, terrible way to do that. Yeah. I will say though, I generally am not a fan of a live performer playing the music for the in memoriam segment, but I thought Lenny Kravitz is the first time it really worked. Yeah, I, I had no problem with him at all. Um, Drifter J, what type of game sequel? Let me bring up chat on the screen here so you guys can all see it. Um, what type of game sequel do you prefer? Something like Final Fantasy, where each game is standalone experience. Do you want existing characters to have new challenges, or do you like one story that is told over a trilogy? It's a good question. Depends if you have an idea for the story or not. 
I mean, it doesn't help Final Fantasy to be a standalone experience because they so rarely have a good idea. I, I'll be honest. Um, I, I prefer stories that continue. I think continuing stories are generally better, but also like you got to either got to be a reason for the story. You can't just like, go keep going and going and going and have no point to what you're uncharted for. And like, you know, or and if you are going to do that, you should probably have something for the returning characters to do uncharted for mm-hmm. um, and not just drag in some new character that the story is really about. But you sort of sneak it in under the banner of the other characters people care about to try and get people to buy it. Uncharted four. Um yeah, you know, I do think start like having a standalone. If you're doing kind of an anthology thing, it can work. I mean, obviously, the Dark Pictures has made a decent, you know, series out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, starting over in the same universe can be a big pitfall. Mass Effect Andromeda, mm-hmm. if you don't do it right. Um, I don't know. My my I thing. Think for, if you're smart, you can use cliffhangers. You to can, but drag my, people along. My thing for story, you just got to have a reason to tell the story. Yeah. There's got to be a reason we're here. Yeah. It can't just be, oh, we got to do another one, so let's go through the motions, because that's, you know, that's how you end up with, frankly, that's how you end up with Tomb Raider 3. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, Swan Senpai. I defy you to tell me what the story of Tomb Raider 3 is. <laughs> Swan Senpai. He or she asks, see, I got it right this week. You never know. I see you mentioned games coming out in bad months, but does it matter? I know Zelda is out in May, but is it the same market for people who want System Shock? There are millions of people who like different games. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. But there are certain games in certain genres that more people like than others. And mm-hmm. so when we say that, we're saying basically, in short form, there's other games that a lot of people are going to be interested in that month. It may be a bad month. Look, you And can- it makes it hard to cut through the noise. Yeah. Like basically, like even if there are people who care about System Shock and don't know, maybe don't know about the System Shock remake and would be interested who aren't playing Zelda. In May, it's going to be hard for them to hear about System Shock because so much volume of game discussion yeah. on every social media site is going to be Zelda-focused. Yeah. Um, I would also argue, too, that the majority of people who play games are open to playing all kinds of games. Mm-hmm. They're not all... I mean. Actually, truth be told, the vast majority are just playing Call of Duty. So technically my statement is incorrect because a lot of the people who play Call of Duty, they only play Call of Duty. Yeah. But if you take the other non-COD maniacs, like most of those people are open to playing all types of games. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to just pigeonhole them and say, oh, well, you know, they're not going to like this other game this month. Like I assume that some people will like that other game and we'll have to make some tough decisions depending on what they, who, what they, money they have. You're less likely to to have game press cover it. You're it's just, you know, Zelda's just going to, occupy the entire industry for a week or two yeah minimum i and mean then, not even already and social you, media yeah. everything and then yeah. you're gonna roll right into diablo yeah and uh there's another thing coming out in june that's important too that i can't remember now oh it's suicide squad kill the justice league matt oh no that's next year <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> is that was that the other thing i'm thinking of is there, isn't there something late in june uh i don't remember am i, I don't remember am I, did, was that suicide am i, am I just it not, was supposed to be yeah maybe i'm thinking of suicide squad I thought there was something else in June in addition to the Diablo. Maybe it was Suicide Squad. I mean, there probably will be. Or there is. But I'm just, I can't think yeah. of it right now. Oh, Final Fantasy 16. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Final Fantasy 16 and Street Fighter 6. That's right, Vincent. Yeah. It'll be a pretty good month yeah. for June. Plus with E3. Hopefully yeah. there's some news coming out of that. Although not as much as normal. I well, E3 like. doesn't give us anything to play. Right. But, well, uh, they, sometimes they put out demos. Yeah. Not as often, not, as, they, not not as, often the, as they should. Not this year, Shane. <laughs> we'll see. 
It's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Uh, okay, well, that's it for Game Face episode 335. Thanks to everybody who is on the stream and in our chat. You guys make the show better each and every week. We really appreciate it. If you're watching this show on YouTube or you're listening to it on podcast services for free, we'd really appreciate it if you could head to patreon.com slash sifted and check out our Patreon and give us a pledge if you think we're worthy. Um, you can pledge a dollar, a hundred dollars a month, whatever you can afford, whatever you want. We appreciate every patron and we appreciate every single dollar. And you want to know who we also appreciate? We appreciate LS Cream because they're a sponsor. And again, for us, sponsors make a world of difference. We appreciate them very much. And best of all, they make an amazing product that both Matt and I absolutely love. It's really nice to have a sponsor that you can support. Um, and that is the uh, situation that we found ourselves in with LS Cream. Go to creamls.com. You can learn about the product, how it was made. It comes from a recipe from Haiti, from his family. Um, and again, it is made and produced and distributed and sold by a sifter, a fellow gamer. Go out and support them whenever you can. So thanks again to everybody who showed up for today's show. Thanks to Matt. We appreciate all you guys. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.